Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson, and it is the 2020 Quill and Filmy Is it actually the 2019 Quillen? No, it's 2020. No, 2020. Uh, so, so, listeners who aren't here, you might notice that we have a live studio audience today. First ever! That's incredible, man. Yeah, we are actually joined in studio by, uh, um, like, I think all Most of our of patrons, patrons except for three. And joining us on Facebook Live, the Shibies. John and Casey Shiby. Hey, guys, what's up, Hi, Shibies. <laughs> Awesome. And who's at the table with us so today, Max? So our, our lovely presenters today are the the inimitable, yeah, fan her, dude. They're way too hot to deal with. We've got <laughs> Daniele Hartelli. Brava, brava, brava. Hello, hello. And my lovely wife, Bird. Hello. They coordinated their outfits. Carl and I, it's lucky we're dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking pants, no pants. Maybe pants. There's going to be people. Over. I compromised and went pants, no underwear. Oh, <laughs> we already know how people. Slacks. Anyways, so shall we start off with the uh, our, our traditional our toast? now traditional toast of oh, I'm from, so from the hot off the bill Pullman Barkhart from the DeKuyper collection. It's Blue Curacao. <laughs> Cheers, everyone! Cheers. Mm. I'm so nervous. Oh, this, is my, this is my first drink in like three months. I'm gonna bomb it. Oh, you know what? It tastes. Oh. It, it looks and tastes like antifreeze. <laughs> I feel like that was a bad idea. Ooh, that what was, show are we it doing? was an awful idea. <laughs> so this, welcome to. I'm gonna wash that down with some Zivia. Mm, I'm yeah. gonna wash it down with some these hollies. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's. Do you want to just get into this? The 2020 Quill and Filmies. For those for those listening at home who don't know what the filmies are, I'm gonna give them a brief recap yeah. and show them, tell them the format, and then we're gonna plow on through because we we are doing some things a little bit differently this year. So. Donuts! <laughs> there are donuts, there are this, donuts year. this year. So, for those of you who haven't listened to the Filmies episodes of Measuring Flicks yet, what we do every year is every three months, Carl and I take all the movies that we watched in those three months, put the names into a hat, and shoot them out to determine the flick of the quarter. At the end of the year, we take the four from each quarter, and we take one of the rejected movies from earlier on as a dark horse and bring it back into the fold and shoot those five out to pick the flick of the year. Yes, which is different from the film of the year. Yes, so but we'll get into that when we get into the categories. Thank, thank you, you so Clark. much. Patron, <laughs> Katie Clark, thank you very much. <laughs> One of the producers on the show, thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, when we first started doing the show, we noticed so many specific amazing things. We decided to do it an Oscar-style show, which we called the Quill and Filmies. There are 22 categories presented this year in envelopes. What? Uh, Danielle, what? your first... Very organized with, envelopes, by the way. bumpers. <laughs> yeah, we alternate back. <laughs> Back and forth. Uh, I'm excited about this. <laughs> Carl, Carl, I'm fucking hammered right now. <laughs> From that one shot of blue curacao. Congratulations. Carl cut together. Carl cut together like half a dozen bumpers for categories, which if you're watching the Facebook Live, those will be playing until Facebook flags us flags and us. takes us off. <laughs> Oh, he's good. Oh, yeah. Actually, we yeah. do have we to. Have to we do have to keep those ones off. Boobs. boobs. So, mm-hmm. 
Carl, do you want to do you want to reminisce? Actually, both of you have been on episodes too. Do you want to reminisce a little about season two, or do you want to dive into let's the categories? Let's dive in. Yeah. All right. I think yeah, we should dive in. All right, so let's let's dive into the categories. We've had a lot of phenomenal films this year. Uh, Danielle, what is our first category for the 2020 Quillen Filmies? Our first category is. The filmy for best soundtrack. Mm, we had some really strong yeah, ones. Uh, so this first read... envelope is sealed. <laughs> All the other ones are tucked. I fucked up on the first one. So <laughs> get ready to fight with that a little bit. So you read one that we're going to talk about the nomination a little bit for our audio listeners. And right. then once you're done reading all of those, we're going to show the clip for those. Show watching. the bumper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first nominee are the various artists for With Nail and I. Yes. Yeah. Okay. With Nail and I is a movie that's gonna be in I think every single. We're probably category. gonna see it come up quite a bit. But uh, the soundtrack for this is wild, man. It's like it brings you right into the whole tone of the movie at the very beginning. This this to me was like a, a soundtrack where the film redefined the songs for me. Mm-hmm. In particular, uh, Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child. There's this. It's the sequence when With Nail is driving the car, just hammered drunk, and he, I'm making time scenes. Yes. Every time I listen to that song now, I see that scene from Withnail in my head. And to redefine a Jimi Hendrix song that I've been listening it's to since powerful. I was 10. Yeah. yeah, it's an amazing soundtrack. What's the next, one? next one is the various artists of Road to Paloma. This was this a- like a soulful soundtrack, man. Like listening back to some of the clips to put some of these bumpers together, it is like, it is just rich. It's got that like Tom Waitsy blue collar yeah. scuffed in the cuffs kind of. You feel like you got a little bit of dust vibe. in your teeth yeah, after you listen to it. It's music to ride motorcycles. Yeah, absolutely. The next one is Basil Polidoris for Conan the Barbarian. You pushed for okay. This I was your nomination hard for Conan the Barbarian, the the OG Conan, not Momoan the Barbarian. Fuck you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is it's that it's a quintessential 1980s action score where you hear it and you're you're ready to see fucking fit dudes fight. You know what was weird is I I didn't remember this score. So when you nominated it, but when we do the Quillen Filmies, Carl and I sit down. We spend a whole day at my laptop. We spend half of it on Pornhub looking at boobs yeah. <laughs> for the for show. The show. <laughs> Right, uh, but we also listen to the soundtracks, and when we li- I know heavy air quotes on for the show, <laughs> you end up in like Disney porn yeah. rabbit holes. No, but there what? was never mind. No, <laughs> but uh, it's a real thing. No, so we listen to the Conan the Barbarian score, and the reason that it the reason that I think this is a great nomination is you can hear the Lord of the Rings soundtrack in this movie. Absolutely, score it like defines the fantasy score forever. After this, it's amazing. Okay, the last nominee in this category is Joe Hisaishi for Princess Mononoke. Which is... Don't need to really say anything. I mean, no. you brought this Bird, movie It was to the us. first note that I had for the film. Yeah. 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 It's it's sweeping and... It makes it, me, I'm, I'm like, I feel myself getting emotional right now. I, I don't even, I'm say, not even like li- hearing it, but I'm hearing it. It's a like, score made to make you cry and yeah. feel wistful. It's it's totally beautiful. All right, so... So we're going to pause the episode. We're going to watch the bumpers. For those of you playing along at home, you can go to one of the YouTube channels and the all these... The one that will be labeled with the category. Link, yeah, linked in this article, so or in this episode. So uh, let's take a look at the nominees. And the winner for Best Soundtrack is... Joe Hisaishi for Princess Mononoke! Yes. 
I mean, duh, right? I mean, honestly, yeah. one of the things that we said about it when we were voting, Carl, I love it, Danielle. Once we're done with the category, the fuck that category. That's, that's what we did. It's what <laughs> we did last house. year. It's what we did last year. We just kind of yep, like checked them on the fuck floor. It, yeah. So when we were talking about this, the reason that that with Nail and I is a collection of great music. So is Road to Paloma. So is Road to Paloma, but it wasn't made for the movie. This soundtrack, the Princess Mononoke soundtrack, was made for the movie. It so perfectly complements that piece of art. That Absolutely. and while being a piece of art in and of itself, it had where there was no choice. We had to win. Bird, what Next, is all right. Oh, the Boss Hog Award oh. for Most Impressive Penis. We'll be stopping Facebook Live once we get the very going. shortly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bird, who are our nominees? Roger Bart. From Hostel 2. Oof. All we really gotta say is his Yay. dick gets cut off and fed to a dog. So, I mean... Yeah. Okay. The snip. A uh, little bit of a mea culpa to our listeners at home. Last year, we had a... a we had a, a cornucopia a of cock. Penises, yes. <laughs> there was cornucopia, cornucopia, and cock. baskets of balls, man. It like, was like a cock harvest. Had that's just nice happened. alliteration, Max. Thank you. Last year we had Michael Fassbender's twenty-nine and a half oh. inch dick. Oh my god! <laughs> this year we get uh, like a white a middle-aged dude getting his hog snipped off in a chair. So sorry, this category took a bit of a dump yeah, this year. That's right. <laughs> Can't win them all. We also have <laughs> Arnie's bulge from Conan the Barbarian. You don't actually see his penis, but it's bulging the entire time. It uh, it's not only bulging the entire time; it is it's asserting itself. Yes, it has <laughs> opinions about politics. <laughs> <laughs> it leans a little right. If you know what I mean? Oh my god! <laughs> his his cod piece is. That blue curacao went right to my head, Katie Clark. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sonia Sword from Red Sonia. This is my nomination, yes. and here's why. Maybe this is a little too third wave feminism of me, but Arnie and Sonia, without getting undressed or touching each other at all, definitely have sex in Red Sonia. With their swords. It's them just yeah. whacking swords together, and it's the most sexual thing I've ever seen, and it's a sword fight. Therefore, uh, her, her sword is getting a best, uh, uh, the Boss Hog Award nomination. It's like twelve. It's like twenty-four inches of fury against Arnold Schwarzenegger's twenty-four <laughs> inches of fury. That's that seems a little short. Two hundred and twenty-four <laughs> inches of fury. <laughs> and finally, Bill Paxton, True Lies. You don't ever see. His, he talks about his penis, and I thought it was funny. That's why I nominated him. And since the list, I got a tiny dick. It's, it's pathetic. pathetic. You kind of see it. Well, when he's running away, you kind of see it. Like, little flopsy. <laughs> little flopsy he, over he's there. He's in tidy whiteies, yeah. isn't he? He is. He's in tidy whiteies. No, he's in loose boxers. Silky boxers. boxers. Oh, silky boxers, oh. yes. Oh. See, I just why remember that. I just that. did it for the fun line. I yeah. remember it being more pathetic than when it you, actually when is. You, when you see Tom Arnold shooting at his feet just for fun, that's when you, you see him jumping up and down, mm -hmm. and that's when There's you can get a little bit of flopsy action. His laid boxers. We got the one good pair that didn't have brown. Ah, uh, there's a bit of slosh in the satin when he's jumping. Is there that is. what we're saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so all right. So here we go. We're gonna watch the bumpers. Let's... You can go ahead and stop Facebook Live. Yeah, we're gonna want again. Gets a little rowdy here, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody who doesn't want to see a dick get snipped, maybe close your eyes. Fake dick. And the winner for the Boss Hog Award for Most Impressive Penis is Roger Bart in Hostel 2. Had to give it to Yay! him. Had to give it to him. Look, you see a full dick. You see the full dick come off of a man and go into it's the mouth of a dog. <laughs> There's... <laughs> oh, time to... 
It's time to get into a se- more serious category yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Did you get it rolling? Uh, that's fine. that's fine. We'll just keep balling through. All right, Danielle, you're up. So yeah, so now that we've laughed at Bill Paxton's mm. little dick, let's get yeah, Danielle. Our next category is best actor. This is where the show starts to feel like the Oscars for me. A little bit, and until we get into more goofy stuff again. <laughs> yeah, but for now, Carl, now we get to we put get our Academy hats on. Gonna put our big boy pants. Danielle, on. what all the nominations is y'all? The first nominee is Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. Okay. Look, mm. listeners, I know a lot of you, including Bird. <laughs> they I roll at the cage. People have a Nick Cage problem. There's a Nick Cage block, okay? Yes, he was in Bad <laughs> Lieutenant Port of Call. Yes, that was a terrible <laughs> film. He's also in a bajillion others, but the man is behind in his taxes, okay? He's got to do yeah, some work, the beast. He's got to pay for that giant Cock? pyramid. Oh, no. He- <laughs> That blue wow. curacao. Sorry, we just, it's that blue curacao. We just came off a weird category, so <laughs> my brain no, is no. just all about penis Still on right cocks? Now. No, so we watched, this year, Carl suggested leaving Las Vegas. None of us knew anything about it. We watched it with Connor Sweeney, who is the gentlest, kindest man who is alive on the face of the earth. <laughs> and it's a movie about a man who commits suicide via alcoholism, and it's the most depressing thing I've ever seen. But Nick Cage comes absolutely correct the entire time. It's, it's, a mas- it's an absolute masterpiece, and we talked about it on the episode, which is a two-parter, I think it's four hours yeah. long and dude you, there's no denying Nicolas Cage is a powerhouse I think he did win best actor he did. Oscar for that performance he so sure did. who else we got okay. we have Richard E. Grant in with Nail and I David Rowney David introduced Rowney. us oh my god he uh, changed programming for an entire month for us but with Nail and I I think is David Rowney changed changed our month long our month of programming by showing us this movie. Mm-hmm. We just went over to his house to, yeah, just to hang out smoke and weed and eat chicken wings, and it was with Nail and I. And as soon as we were done, still high, I'm texting Carl like, "Bro, we gotta fucking just dump December. It's we gotta got, do a different thing here. I don't even care. Let's just tell David Rowney like, you pick him, you do, it. <laughs> you, do you do the show." But uh, Richard E. Grant is absolutely phenomenal in this. One of the things that we want that we should probably address now because he comes up in a later category is one of the things that makes Richard E. Grant get this nomination is he plays a like a brutal alcoholic. It's another like leaving Las Vegas situation where he's hammering drinks the whole time. But Richard E. Grant is allergic to alcohol. The actor himself, yeah. All of the performance is he got drunk one time at the director's insistence. And he based his entire performance off his one vague memory of being drunk and his observations of others. And as someone who's not allergic to alcohol in any way, shape, or form, is a giant fan of being hammered drunk yes. all the time, he does a fucking killer job. He's very good. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we have? We have Stephen Graham in This Is England. Another David Rowney pick. Another Rowney pick. <laughs> so Stephen Graham, so there's something strange that happens with performance. Whenever you, you run into it occasionally when you have hard performances and hard characters. The the, the character that he plays, Stephen Graham plays, is a racist, yeah. skinhead Nazi. But he plays him in such a way that you don't, you hate him, but you don't want to look away. Yeah, he's captivating. He's, he has, it's like the so. definition of animal magnetism. He's yeah. spouting this like vitriolic, virulent hate speech, and yet you cannot take your eyes off mm-hmm. of him. I also it's, felt like an empathy for him. Yes, yeah, absolutely. At the same time. It's, mm-hmm. such a, it's such a beautifully nuanced performance because he's this reprehensible scumbag monster, and yet there's like this little sliver of heart in him still that you realize that before somebody else fucked him up to this point, He's, he's, it makes you realize that he's still a human at heart. It was a it was an amazing episode. A rough and an watch amazing and an amazing performance. performance. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, and our last one is one of the loves of my life. Gary Oldman in mm. Sid and Nancy. Yeah, have you ever seen Sid and Nancy though? No, I have not. I know I have not seen Sid yeah, and Nancy. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, he disappears in every performance, but I think in this he becomes part of, Sid Vicious. Yeah, part of what made this so impressive. One of the things we talked about on the episode. Gary Oldman hates this movie. He hates his performance. He cannot watch it when it comes on TV, and yet he almost died because of the diet that he went on. He he did this for money. He hated. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I, I got like bar. <laughs> I got like champagne. That's birds. good. That's good radio right there, but dude, it's not the first time I've almost no, thrown up on my I microphone. Mean, I pretty much have so. <laughs> but uh, no, so he he did this for the paycheck and hated everything about it, and yet committed himself so fully to the role that he ended up in the ER from malnutrition, starving himself down to heroin addict weight. And it's it's a stunning, stunning yep. performance. It's incredible. Uh, so th- is that all of our nominees for the category? It is. Yes, Wonderful. It is. Let's take a look at some of those performances. And the winner for Best Actor is Richard E. Grant for With Neil and it I. It fucking couldn't not not it not It couldn't be. not not be. Dude, uh, just watching the clip again just now and... It's YouTube. Yeah. Like, kind of vaguely shitty quality. Yeah. Legit got Still chills like, on yeah, my whole body Fucking watching insane. that. He's so good. Bird, what's our next Best category? category? Best hand acting. Okay. One of my favorite categories yes. of all time. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I think this all, this all started with uh, last year's winner, Max von Sydow, because he was... Well, he was like what, nineteen years old playing a like two hundred year old man. Nineteen years old playing a two hundred year old. He was he was forty nine and he's playing a late seventies dude. And there was like this tiny tremor. I think that was where the category was born. It was because Out of the Exorcist. The like the 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 fact of of someone's hand being the centerpiece of a performance is intense. So who are our nominations for this year, my love? Dustin Hoffman in Hook. Because Yay. he's got a hook. It's the hand. <laughs> There it is. I like that two of our two of our nominees. Well, we'll can continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nicholas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. Okay, this we couldn't find a clip for it, but there's a moment, listeners and people who are here actually are we attending. Hand acting? Do we have the, the the match? Not the match. Okay, there's a moment in here that well, this was my nomination, and there's a moment. Just, I have him chugging it. We'll we'll see it. Okay, there's a moment in this where and connor and you and i talked about it but there's this moment where he's fucking hammered drunk can barely keep his eyes open can barely talk and elizabeth shoe puts a cigarette in her mouth and she's looking for a lighter and nicholas cage with his drink still in his hand takes out not a not like a, a like a flap book but a slide open and pull out from the middle a book of matches and with one hand he pops it open gets a match out lights the match one-handed hammered drunk and holds it across the table and lights Elizabeth Shue's cigarette. It's one of the most impressive feats of finger dexterity I've ever seen. It's amazing. And Nicolas Cage in Moonstruck. He's got a wooden He's hand. Got a wooden hand. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. This is hand acting. You've nominated two people now who only have one. It's our show. It is. Carl, it's impressive, high five. It's high impressive. five. Lay down the law, baby. <laughs> But to be able to act through a prosthetic All right, we, with your hands. We glossed Dustin Hoffman, but let's Nicolas Cage is hilarious because it's actually him in a in a leather glove, but he keeps it so stiff that it looks like a wooden hand. The reason that Dustin Hoffman got nominated is that hook is more articulate mm-hmm. than his actual hand. The way that he touches Jack's face to turn his head back towards him, the way that he drags it along a wall or it on the grinder or 
the the way that we interchange hands it's that is a performance in and of itself an actor with two hands convincingly playing somebody who hasn't had a hand for decades anyway th- yeah, are yeah. those those are our three nominations are, i think we um, have uh, some footage we do we'll roll that hot we'll And the winner for best hand acting is Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. And I'm telling you, Yay. you guys couldn't see, it. couldn't see it. I think it's actually <laughs> in the trailer that I show later for best picture. Oh, well, now that I think about it, viewers, but you will see this later yep. until Facebook hits us with a lawsuit. Fair enough. <laughs> Copyright infringement. There's there's something about there's something about actually having to learn a highly complicated skill for a movie moment that I really admire. Something mm-hmm. we'll talk about in season three with John Wick. Absolutely. The amount of time that goes into getting good at something that you know nothing about just to show it on screen for a couple seconds. I have a lot of respect for that. Love it. We have probably my favorite category the reason yeah all right yeah <laughs> I, I know think it is yeah hey. it's the only one that it could be it is the best of the breast award <sighs> oh, and this is evergreen going to be presented <laughs> yes. by danielle because if you listen to the first quill and filmies <laughs> about half of that award show is us being like Shh, i am so sorry danielle i stared at your boobs Oh, God, Danielle, I got lost in your cleavage again. I didn't. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said because I was not paying attention to you. <laughs> and the nominees are. <laughs> well, one. Well, I'm, also, I'm, yeah. I'm, also, I'm also intentionally wearing this because of this award. That's why I stare. That's actually where I, that's where I got into the habit of staring into Carl's eyes. It's just so I don't look left or right. You look here. I can see you trying here. really hard to not look at me right now. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, and who are our... Right. We actually had some really exceptional boob moments this yes. year. All right, first one is Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. Cool side scene. Okay, all right. Steamy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, anybody who's ever wanted to drink tequila off of a woman's breasts while you're hammered drunk in, like, New Mexico next to a pool, well, there's a movie where you can watch, <laughs> you can them watch that do happen. that. <laughs> We have Rachel Nichols in Conan the Barbarian, now, 2011. This is Momo and the Barbarian. This is Momo and the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Ra- Rachel Nichols. It's an it's a brief glimpse too, but it's, yeah, it sure is. It's such it a was hard gl- to get a it's clip a of glorious it. glimpse of what heaven will surely be oh! like. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's what pause is for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not pause. But pause. No, pause. Pa- like pause hands pause. That's, also pause. That's original actually. Conan the Barbarian, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> just yes. mushing. Where are the boobs? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have Heather Matarazzo in Hostel 2. Okay. We have them both combined on the clip. They are separate nominations. There's a scene where two topless women are in a room together and one kills the other. And, you know, they were just both so great that we couldn't just go with one. So the last nominee is Monica Malakova in Hostel 2 as well. Yeah, same yes. scene. <laughs> it's a really confusing uh-huh. moment in the movie we're because... We're be pausing Facebook Live again. For sure. Again, the scene is a bit rowdy. Yeah, it's a bit... It's a, it's a person torturing another person to death, but... If you're a fan of boobs, maybe hang out and give it a try. So let's bloody boobs. <laughs> bloody boobs. So let's take a look at some best, best some of the, of the best of the breasts. The winner for the award 
Her best of the breast is Elizabeth Shue and leaving Las Vegas. It couldn't. Yeah. No. Nope. God. Uh, Just tequila, right? Right. All right. It, yeah. Is it sad that the tequila is a major factor? <laughs> it's okay with me. Don't look at me like that. Beautiful wife of mine. Um, all right. So we we've been silly. Now let's get serious. The nomination for. Best actress. Okay. Ooh. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, do your top button back up. I don't have one. Uh, William Rockwood, put your pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shelly Winters in Bloody Mama. Holy shit. Bloody Shelly Winters was like the surprise, like breakout performance for us as viewers. Like, who fucking knew? A lot of us knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister knows. Sister Sarah Hartley is here. Holy and she shit. has a bone on for Shelly Winters. Yeah, Shelly Winters is incredible. <laughs> this is a Roger Corman flick, and she her performance is at, like, fucking... Eleven? Eleven. D9? Eleven yeah, D9? Incredible. Dude, it's... Okay, Bloody Mama, for just uh, in general, is way the fuck better than it should be. Yeah. Shelly Winters in this, though, is... You're like... Someone wants to, like, tap her on the shoulder and be like, Hey, um, this is a Roger Corman flick. Feature, feature and someone here? should tell Roger Corman this is a Roger Corman <laughs> flick too. Yeah, he's directing this like to the nines. <laughs> he's like, yes, dude. I know. I'm Roger Corman. I'm a fucking genius. Actually, he doesn't sound like. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm Roger Corman. I'm a genius. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Elizabeth Shue leaving Las Vegas. I think she was it's actually not just her boobs. No, she's also good in the movie. Covered in yes. tequila. She was nominated for what an Oscar for Best boobs? Actress, so this does feel a little like. Okay. On the nose, yeah. Like she's she's gonna be like. Where well, I want her boot. Well, the Oscar, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Oscar nom was fine, but my life really changed when I got nominated for the Quillen filming. Right. <laughs> Wait till she gets the measuring tape in the mail. Yeah, she changed your life. <laughs> She'd be like, oh my god, really? A, a spray painted gold measuring tape with my name written on it. Oh, I've made it. A piece <laughs> of gold garbage. Yeah. Share yeah. <laughs> in Moonstruck. I was my first ever exposure to Cher as an actress. Mm-hmm. She was, hasn't been in a lot. But she's only a no, handful she, of no, movies. No, she has been in a lot, dude. Has she really? Yeah, None we, that uh, I've seen. When apparently. we were at, um, we went over to Bird's aunt's house to do laundry one day. She has the entire and <laughs> when Cher do you collection. Hear, when do you hear about a laundry day on an awards show? That's what we can bring to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so in the lawn. Cher's been in like 40 movies. Oh, no wow. joke. Yeah, she's, she's all over the well, she's great in this. She's amazing in this. Heartbreaker and a great actress. And doesn't hurt that she's Cher because no. we're looking at her the whole time. Continue. Lara Flynn Boyle. Lara, Lara Flynn Boyle. Lara Flynn Boyle. Okay. I couldn't. Find, I feel bad. I couldn't find a really good clip of her because Red Rock West is a little bit. It's obscure. Red yeah. Rock West is pretty obscure. Now, was your you? I'm sure Bird. I know Bird for sure. Twin Peaks is that everyone's first exposure to Lara Flynn Boyle? She plays the cousin of Laura Palmer. Yeah. So that was the first time I saw her. She's very young in Twin Peaks, and you're like, oh wow, she's she's pretty good. She's a pretty good actress. And then you see Red Rock West should be more known. That is, it was like a real under the radar kind of movie. Yeah, it's I'd never a, even it's heard like of it. It's like a neo film noir. It's yeah. crazy, man. It's like it's blue so collar film noir. And it's got Nicolas Cage in it too, but yeah, it does. But like, he's, when you have a Nick Cage month, he's gonna pop up a lot. Nicolas Cage is okay in it. Lara Flynn Boyle steals Incredible. the show. She's amazing in this movie. Um, so those are all of our nominations. So let's. <laughs> take 
And the winner for Best Actress is Shelly Winters in Bloody Mama. Fuck yeah. It Woo! had to be Shelly Winters. So the clip that I wanted to show was the one at the end. There's, yes. That is some good acting, but there is some incredible moments from her. In- <laughs> I want to know what the best I acted. Funny you should mention that, because guess That's what the next category next. is, Jeremy? Oh, the next category is Best Eye Acting. Mm-hmm. And our nominees are? Our nominees are Roddy McDowell in Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Oh, my God. Okay. So he has that. eyes through a mask. The, the entire performance is through a mask, right? Yeah. So eyes do yeah. work. <laughs> yep. Yes. Correct. That is true. <laughs> Nicholas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. This is specifically for... Something that he does when he when he gets drunk in that movie, he gets most of what his drunk performance is comes through his eyes. There's moments where he's blacked all the way out. There's moments where he's buzzed. There's moments where he's sober and like not doing well. And it's you can tell based on how his eyes are behaving, how drunk where he is. is. Because physically, he's been such like a long term alcoholic in in the movie that physically he's kind of always fairly level. It's, it's it's entirely his eyes that shows you how fucked up he is, and it's crazy how how well you can determine how a scene is playing based just on what he's doing with his eyelids and how heavy they are and how, how out of focus his are. eyes are. It's he has he has truly amazing control of his eyes. And then we have Candace Hillegas in Carnival of Souls. Ooh. Yeah, there's yeah. one scene in particular that we're gonna see where she goes full batshit crazy with her eyes. She should also have been a best hand acting. Yeah, for the miming, for the of, miming the, of, the of the organ, organ playing, organ, definitely. Yeah, she goes cuckoo nuts. Yeah. I love it. And we have Gary Oldman in Sid and Nancy. Mostly, there were, we watched three movies this year that were kind of all about substance abuse. Yeah. So we ended up with a lot of fam- similar nominations in the Bill Pullman category, the outs- the uh, I believe you're fucked up category. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gary Oldman is a he plays Sid Vicious, a heroin addict. Every time that he shoots up, there's just there's something that he he's Gary Oldman, you know, like yeah. it's it's like it's like Gary Oldman thing where he, you're like, oh god, did Gary Oldman just bang a whole syringe of heroin for a roll yeah because that's what it, that's what it looks like you can see him go away in real time it's crazy it's amazing is that all of them? that's all of them all right let's take a look at people's eyes and the winner for best eye acting goes to Nicholas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. Our first Cage win of the season. Yeah. No, oh, our s- someone's like, somebody picked the wrong Our second. Yes! Dude, nothing like a panic vote coming in at the very end to, to sync it for you. Uh, I love it. Ha- just watching the Sid and Nancy clip just now, I did have a moment where I was like, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Is there something about just staring off into space, but you're not just staring off into space? There's a lot going on He's there. Seeing stuff, there, you can there's, tell. There, there are up wheels going thinking. up on a uh, fucking incredible. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. We have best cinematography. Another heavy, another Academy Ooh. category. Uh, <laughs> this so this season in particular was an excellent one for cinematography. Yeah, and that was, it was mostly because we just bailed out of our last two months and let other people pick our flicks. <laughs> right, exactly. <for> us. <laughs> You slackers. No, there's some really good ones. Like uh, early on, we watched a lot of the Universal movies, and those are beautifully shot. But we did watch a lot of, intentionally so, we watched a lot of like B movies and crap. And it was fun. But then uh, David Rowney and Bird and Danielle came in and were like, 
Could you guys watch? Stop some, watching garbage. Please? Watch some good stuff, and a lot of those <laughs> ended up in these. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Our first nomination is William E. Snyder for Creature of the Black from the Black Lagoon. We just watched it. We did. We just we, we just, just watched did, it. We just did watch it in Quill <laughs> Film House for Seasons. It was the first movie that we screened all the way through at the 2020 <laughs> Quill and Filmies, and damn, that is a well shot movie. movie. I'd forgot. I mean, you remember the underwater scenes, but the stuff above ground, all of the stuff on the boat, the scenes of them smoking out of a gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about smoking out of a gun. But no, like that that whole movie, top to bottom, is is classic, like uh, rainforest adventure flick. It's awesome. Sorry, Mignon. Brian Mendoza for Road to Paloma. Okay, but that's. That's a whole we'll other see it. thing. Yeah, but we'll, yeah. we'll see, but the listeners won't. So for those of Click you who have YouTube, for those of you who haven't seen <laughs> Road to Paloma yet, we in the episode we talked about how because uh, we, we did uh, Easy Rider with Chris Fieldhouse, yeah, and we'd done Road to Paloma before that, and seeing Road to Paloma and then watching Easy Rider right after it, you realize that Easy Rider is not as good a film as you think it is. It has this cult status thing because it broke new ground, but it absolutely does not hold up. It reads really boring. Road to Paloma is the new... Yeah, yeah. The new Easy Rider. I think Road to Paloma is like a visual poem for a certain rugged subset of the American soul. It's just perfectly... More than half of how powerful that film is is the sweeping landscape of America that you see as Jason Momoa and this guy he picks this up at other a bar dude, yeah. as they drive across America you see Monument Valley you see you see like uh, snowy mountains and long stretches of highway you see derelict rundown bars and you see like pure beauty the whole way it's absolutely gorgeous Maurice Prather Carnival of Souls okay second nomination for Carnival of Souls yeah. I for those of you who are close to a computer, go to nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com and type in either my name, Maxwell Peterson or Max Peterson, or Carnival of Souls. I wrote a 3,000-word article about this movie, so I'm kind of married to it a little bit. It's a beautiful flick, though, man. It is. For for a movie that was shot on a shoestring budget, I think it's like less and than... And most of the people involved in it was their only film ever. Yeah. They didn't do anything before or after. After Candace Hillegas did the movie, her agent dumped her, because he's yeah. like, uh, you did this piece of shit, and now... Now the Criterion just released a Criterion edition of it. It's it, it's way ahead of its time. The Criterion. The Criterion. The Criterion. <laughs> and finally, Stephen Katz, Messiah of Evil. Okay, Messiah of Evil. This was your pick. This was a nomination yeah. for me. Do you disagree? No, not really. Yeah, it's okay. just a weird pick. Okay, the movie itself ha- is pitchy and weird and occasionally slightly boring. It's a strange film. Yeah. But its great strength is it's it's a 19 it's 1971. I don't know why I have that number in my head, but it's a it's a psychedelic horror film all the way down. There's these strange set designs where they have. There's this room that's lit entirely in blue with a swinging bed in the middle. The, the movie theater scene isn't crazy. It's fucking wild, man. Yeah, the the way that it's shot is way better than the actual content of. The I would film. agree completely, but it, that doesn't that makes cinematography is its own category. Yeah. So you can have a shit movie that's shot really well. I mean, one of the things, and we, let's talk about it because I don't know if I don't think Messiah of Evil gets nominated again. And I, before we go out of mm-hmm. season two, I want to give it one more stab because sure. I really do love this movie this movie goes from crazy kaleidoscopic moments of like undead people falling through windows and a a room that consists entirely of walls with 
eyeless, faceless paintings that all stare inward at the bed you're sleeping in. Imagine that for a second, listener. You're sleeping on a bed that's hanging by chains from the ceiling, and every wall is crowds of faceless, eyeless people staring at you. Can't sleep there. Oh, no. Nope. It, it is just visually. You can watch, it with, you can watch this movie with the sound on, I just, and it would be I unsettling. I would sleep while constantly peeing. And then we also get the drunk guy. I forget his name, but the... <laughs> A constant stream? Just constantly kind constant of peeing. You would yeah. have to have a catheter to live in that yep. house. Yep. <laughs> but then then in that same film, you also get the drunk guy from uh, the... Uh, uh, oh, my God. House, house on Haunted yes. Hill. The drunk guy? Oh, yeah. He sits down in a chair and delivers a monologue about how his mom gave birth to him and his mom wanted to drown him in a river and his dad said it might be nice to have someone to tend to the... Or no, mom wanted to feed him to the chickens. Yeah. And dad was like, might be nice to have a kid around. And that's how he lived. He delivers like a five minute monologue straight down the barrel and they don't cut. It's just this dude and a blank wall. The cinematography is all over the place, but it comes together in this kaleidoscopic psychedelic stew that I fell in love with as a child. And that's why this movie got nominated. Fucking amazing. Uh, do we do have, have a reel for it? Yeah. We do have a reel for it. All right. Let's take a look at some of the best cinematography of season two. And our winner for best cinematography is Brian Mendoza for Road to Paloma. Okay, man, we watched. I know, right? Carl and I just watched the trailer and we started like weeping. I know, just like so amazing. You could hear like an eagle scream outside my house. Like there was, it was just meant to be. It's yes. such a beautiful film. Um, so that takes us to our next category, which is. It's Danielle. another favorite. The Bill Pullman Award for Outstanding <laughs> Drinking in a Motion Picture. Yes, yes. It seems like only last year we discovered <laughs> Bill, Bill Pullman just knocking back shots of poison. It's like, hey, anybody got any poison I can drink? Sweet. Sir- I'll drink all the poison you got. Yeah, he's serpent in the rainbow. He puts down a pint of poison in a bar just for the fuck of it. Yeah, he knows it's poison. So He knows it's poison. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... I want to talk about this really quick because we have two categories that specifically deal with drinking back to back. And I want to differentiate the two because this is something that Carl and I actually ran into when we were figuring out the nominations. The Bill Pullman Award for Outstanding Drinking in a Motion Picture is a lighthearted, fun in spirit award for like a crazy moment of like (laughs) in spirit. (laughs) 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 Thank God somebody's got jokes. Yeah. Um, but like it's for a, a crazy moment of fun booziness in a movie because there's another award that has to do with drinking. I and believe drugs. you're fucked up. Yeah, the next category that we have, which is a more serious appraisal of a performance in a film. Exactly. We ran into a problem here because we did a bunch of movies that are all about people who just get hammered. One of those movies was fun. One of, One of those of movies not. was not. Yeah. So to differentiate the two, you know, I mean, come on, it's called the Bill Pullman Award, <laughs> right? <laughs> This so, one's a little more on the fun side. So who are our nominees this year, Danielle? There are three of them in this category. There's Richard E. Grant in With Nil and I. Never has a movie made it, made me want to be an alcoholic more. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is kind of a boring. Bird. No, <laughs> I, I fully acknowledge it's a terrible thing to say into a microphone. <laughs> but it's true. It's a really... It makes me want to drink like wine right out of the bottle. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it, it starts out as a fun movie where you can see like oh a couple of crazy guys having fun and getting hammered and it goes to a dark place. Mm-hmm. 
we also have surprise surprise Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas this is a movie that's <laughs> so weird right it's a movie that so weird. is never fun and stays not fun the whole time <laughs> but there's one scene that's fun and he's not actually drinking in it which is the thing that I have yeah when, is it the scene where he's just shopping oh there's a scene where Elizabeth Shue's <laughs> pouring booze all over her boobs that I thought was rather fun as well oh that one's fun too but I didn't want to show it twice but I didn't want to show it twice you but did want to show, show it twice you but didn't you don't want to show it twice I, show I would have watched it twice one for each boob he should have. <laughs> we have the technology. Yeah, we can watch that scene as many times as you want. And if you go to Pornhub, they'll just cut the sexy bits together for you. Because that's how Carl and I found that clip. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so. The last one is Arnold Schwarzenegger in Conan the Barbarian. Oh, my God. I yes. actually have the clip from Conan the Destroyer, but it's fine. Okay, totally on it. Well, the, the nominations for Conan the Barbarian, correct? Yeah. Okay, this scene was completely unexpected because, look, let's be honest. Arnold Schwarzenegger's fun to look at. He's a hulking human being, and his codpiece is, like, unreasonably large. However, <laughs> there's a moment in Conan the Barbarian where he can he's actually I'm not sure if he's actually acting or if like the director just gave him a shitload of wine to drink from a flagon but Arnold Schwarzenegger does a really damn good like drunk yes. bit of acting it's it's amazing is this camel punching no this is pre camel punching you could have you could have done camel punching or the bit where he passes out in his soup is pretty good too <laughs> was, was it the moment where he's he goes and mansplains Sandal Bergman oh I just, we'll see Okay okay, 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 okay. So, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in a surprising moment of good act. Is that all of our Those, nominations? Yes, there are only three in this one. Let's watch three human beings get profoundly drunk. So, actually, having watched the clips, we made a small mistake, and you can blame that on my PBR or my second glass of champagne or maybe the blue curacao. Who fucking knows? A mix of all. It was actually Conan the Destroyer that Arnold Schwarzenegger was nominated for, although he gets convincingly drunk in both. In both. So there. Either or. You were wrong. <laughs> Dear listener and Danielle. The winner for the Bill Pullman Award for is. outstanding drinking in a motion picture. Okay, oh my fine. God. Jesus, Daniel. Everybody gets it. I'm sorry. I spent like three minutes on each of these envelopes. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote them out. I, yeah, I did. Okay, no, don't worry. I'll, slap I'll, him. I'll read all of the next one that I have because it's quite a doozy that I'll have next time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have a lot of reading to do next time you're up. The winner is Richard E. Grant in With Nail and I. Oh, my God. He's got two awards now. We have to send him two measuring tapes. I'm excited for that. Yeah, you me know? too. I think he's going to be thrilled. He was just in Star Wars. Yeah, Richard E. Grant's... He was just in the last Star Wars movie. Probably... Now, we don't have to argue about this at the awards show, but probably the best of the new three. We'll Shut talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's a piece of shit. Oh, spoilers! Uh, Carl is just objectively wrong. But um, <laughs> when he gets his two spray-painted measuring tapes, he's going to be like, what the fuck are these? Or something akin to that. Uh, Bert? I have the I Believe You Are Fucked Up Award for Best Drunk or High Acting. There's a lot of double ups in here. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're going to, these are going to be familiar candidates. Uh, but this, this one all started with, I can't remember, last year there was a, I think it actually started with Daniel Day-Lewis, the scene where he's drinking around the fire. Yes. Oh, my God. Actually, I'm pretty sure all 22 of our categories started with Daniel with Day-Lewis. With Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. There will be blood. His, yeah. <laughs> uh, who are our nominees? First off, Gary Oldman in Sid and Nancy. I'm again. I'm not convinced I'm that he didn't he just didn't get into just heroin get for yeah. a little bit. 
Uh, Nicholas Cage leaving Las Vegas. We've already said self-explanatory. Yep. <laughs> Richard E. Grant with Nail and I. Self-explanatory. Yep. Paul McGann with Nail and I. Well, you gotta throw Co- him in there because look, because Paul McGann definitely gets overshadowed by the Richard E. Grant's the, performance. The in totality with of Richard E. Grant's performance, but but I don't think you get the totality of his performance without without Paul McGann to play off. I of. agree entirely because you need both of them for that to work, unless you're doing a Hamlet soliloquy in front of a. Yeah, Don't yeah. Ri- that, well, that's a Richard E. Grant moment. But right. to to be honest, in in the in with Nil and I, part of what makes Richard E. Grant's drunk acting so profoundly good is that when Paul McGann Paul McGann never I think gets this is a category I have. What? Because we oh. showed it so many times. I right, wanna... yeah. There, there was so much overlap. We don't have yeah. clips for this. But Paul McGann's, Paul McGann never gets quite as drunk as him. So it gives you something to measure a a Richard E. Grant yeah. against. It's it's a really, it's a more subtle performance, but it's an excellent one. And our winner for the I Believe You Are Fucked Up Award for Best Drunk or High Acting is Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. We had to give it to him. Look, Paul McGann's drinking in Withnil and I right up until the end is fun and... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you see the next one? Don't look at it. No, wait, what's the next one? Show me. No, 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 oh, we have to wait. We, the we have to wait, Danielle. You are, I bet you shake Christmas presents too, I don't do. you? I do. You fucking I do. monster. Yes. I'm a peeker. Keep it covered. Don't show Jesus. it. I don't like surprises. All right, so. Mm, yeah. I like detectiving. Because we already showed we are, so many of the the it's yeah like, it's it's Nicholas Cage and, and yeah it's the same people drinking the same shit over and, then and over I just again. Didn't feel like recording another Nicholas Cage clip for the goddamn thing. How but. many times can Carl say and Nicholas Cage <laughs> in leaving Las Vegas? Danielle, all right, this one is for best stunt. Okay, this is one of our favorite categories. I love this category. Here's why: Measuring Flicks has always been a huge fan of stunt people. I just listened to the last the uh, last Quillen filmies where I said stunt men until Bird slapped me hard in yeah. the face and stunt corrected people. me. Okay, stunt rightfully so. Stunt people are our favorite people, and Sorry, this Bill. year there were there were a couple categories. To be honest, just just you know behind the curtains, mm-hmm. there was a couple of categories where I felt the movies we watched really didn't give us a lot of fodder for nominations. Sure, not this one. No, Holy we had stunts all over the place. Shit, dude. There were a lot of these. <laughs> my favorite thing about this season is most of the stunts this year don't feel like, all right, and what we're going to do is now if you hit the ramp at 55, a lot of these stunts feel like, look, I'm going to give you a six-pack of beer right. and 50 bucks if you just <laughs> drive your truck an into extra, a <laughs> An extra pack of cigarettes at the end of the day look, if dude, you hit that tree at 40, I got an 50, all, 80 miles an This hour. is an almost full pack of cans. If you explode... <laughs> You get an extra crisp twenty dollar bill, dude. This is this is a this is a twelve pack with only two missing. If you, right. if you just legit jump just, off that bridge, just a little bit of wash back in that one. A little but, wash yeah. back. Look, I opened this beer, but my lips haven't touched it yet, and it's I was all your straw. These are some fucking crazy yeah, stunts it. we saw this year, uh, Danielle. And who are our nominations? I'm gonna read these verbatim because I got yelled at last time. Yes. Well, yeah. As I wrote them down, please write. As you wrote them, them down. Jamie Lee Curtis being pulled out of a fucking sunroof while the f- car is flying over the end of a fucking bridge in True Lies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see yeah. that. We will yeah. see exactly that. what happens. Oh, my God. Oh, listener, it's exactly how I described yep. it. <laughs> the underwater fight in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Blind. Oh, yeah. Holding the, his breath. Yes. The actor who... Pl- wait. Uh, who is the actor who... What's his name? The guy... What? 
Okay, Rico Browning. He played the creature underwater. Mm-hmm. There was another actor who played him on land, but Rico Browning is the swimmer. He was a really strong swimmer. He's he's in the creature outfit, which is a full head-to-toe rubber prosthetic suit, beautifully rendered, but no eye holes and no room for an air tank. So all of this underwater fight scene... Oof. Uh, Rico Browning is fighting this dude underwater, blind, and holding his breath. There was one sequence. Uh, this was in the IMDb trivia, and I found it a couple other places. There's one un- during that underwater fight sequence, the longest shot. He held his breath for over four minutes, doing full no. contact underwater fighting. <clears throat> this is a wow. really amazing stunt. Truly, truly. Okay, next one is naked stunt people dragged by horses and free-falling two stories into half an inch of water in Planet of the Apes. Again, exactly as I described. <laughs> exactly as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lastly, the towel over the head burn for way, way too long in the Towering Inferno. Carl, talk about this for a second. All right. So the Towering Inferno is one of the great spectacle movies of the 1970s. And there's one burn in particular that goes on for about two minutes too long. It is so hot, this burn. It's the just when you think that, okay, he's gonna drop, we're gonna cut, and then we're gonna put some anti inflammatory shit on this dude. Anti not anti inflammatory. He doesn't I mean, whatever. They're but they keep going. CBD oil. And then they keep going. And then they keep going. And it gets hotter and hotter. And he's engulfed in flame and still walking. It's out of fucking control. I so, watched the clips when Carl was like putting these together. That scene does go on for way, way too long for a human being being on fire. Uh, yes. Even if they cut and restart the blaze, he's starting the, the new shot engulfed in flame in a room full of flame. This is like backdraft where you have flame bars and it's I understand how the things work, but dude super hot super long so we have two now now in in measuring flicks canon we mm-hmm. have two like legendary burns halloween 2 halloween 2 which is a patreon episode so we couldn't nominate it for a quill and filmy if we could have the burn in halloween 2 would have been fucking nominated it's incredible i realized as you were describing it just now what makes this burn so impressive is it's the halloween 2 burn backwards it is a hundred percent. That's but but in a way, that's what makes the Halloween two burns so impressive. Right. But yeah, uh, I recently rewatched that clip because you've been talking about it since you nominated it, and we picked our winner. And then I was thinking, I was like, maybe I gotta watch that again. Right. That is the fact that this dude is going out because he he has the towel over his head to probably hide the fact that he's wearing a hood to protect his face. No fucking way, dude. This burn is like two minutes too long. Yeah. It's, watching it even out of the movie you're like somebody put that guy out dude help him (laughs) will somebody help this poor man this is is totally irresponsible the towering inferno burn is intense as shit let's watch it yeah let's take a look at uh, a man on fire for way too long (laughs) the winner for best stunt which I'm very excited about because I peeked at it God damn it. She's a present shaker. Is Jamie Lee Curtis being pulled out of a fucking sunroof while the car's on flying over the end of a fucking bridge? The reason why is the man that is on fire is a trained professional and has done burns probably his entire career. Jamie Lee Curtis is just Jamie Lee Curtis being pulled out of a fucking sunroof. Well, we also talked about Carl and I went back and forth on this particular filmy for this was our this was our hardest decision. Probably our yeah our longest uh, debate. We probably talked about this for about 15, 20 minutes working on this one. And at first it was Planet of the Apes. Then it was the towel burn. It ultimately ended up being Jamie Lee Curtis for for one for a couple reasons. One, that stunt 
is one of those stunts where absolutely everything needs to be planned down to zero and executed perfectly or everyone gets hurt. So it's it's one of those multi-part stunts. The car has to be going at the right speed. The helicopter has to be going at the right speed. If something goes wrong, there's dire physical consequences for everybody involved. Because when Jamie Lee Curtis actually gets pulled out of the car, that car goes over, which means there's no stunt driver. Right. It means they locked the steering and drove it off a fucking cliff. So there cannot be a misstep there. Of course, she's tethered. To she's Arnie. tethered, but still. But still, that's that's a stunt person hanging off the helicopter and somebody who rigged up the car and who rigged up the fire. This is a multi-part stunt executed perfectly, and it's a perfect example of a large, a very large budget stunt in a big action movie. We haven't we hadn't seen one in season one. This is the only one in season two, and damn, is it impressive? Yeah, love it. Every Hell time yeah. watching it, it's just like. I mean, Jeremy's hands got sweaty. Watching the clip, Jeremy's hands got sweaty. <laughs> it's an it's an excellent it's an excellent stunt. Um, I have the this one goes to eleven award for furthest over the top moment in a picture film. Oh, <laughs> uh, are we ready? Yes, let's go. A uh, really quick bit of trivia about this category: uh, it was originally called the Nicholas Cage Award the for Out of the Cage Award. Out of the Cage Award. Oh. It was called the Out of the Cage Award for most over the time. We 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 threatened to change the name back last season. We might still do it for season three. I like Out of the Cage quite a bit, but. There's a reason. There's a reason this category exists, and it's because we did a Nicolas Cage month, and it was kind of. I think Drive Angry is the, the movie that's responsible for this category. Okay, that the winner last year is the high fucking watermark. Let's see if any of this year's contestants can top the, the uh, fucking the fuck murder death massacre from Drive <laughs> right. Angry. Well, uh, we start with Nicolas Cage hey, in. What? Literally all of Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, there's not one moment in Vampire's Kiss. It's the entire fucking film now, where he's at 11, listener, sometimes a 12. Listener, you might Ooh. you might think that we're just being funny when I say literally mm-hmm. all of Vampire's Kiss, but no. I'm an English major, so well, I use literally right. Scene? I mean... No, oh. the trailer, because it's the whole movie. <laughs> um, actually, we talked about it on the... I'm sorry. I, I'm actually you, Carl. But uh, when we when we watched okay. Vampire's Kiss, we we mentioned it on a couple of episodes, including the the last year's Quill and Filmies. If you Google Nicolas Cage crazy moments or outrageous moments or just Nicolas Cage real on YouTube, you'll get a clip of or like an eight minute long clip of all the crazy shit he does in movies. More than half of those clips are from Vampire's Kiss. Yep. This whole Rightfully movie, so. this whole movie is like he took the knob all the way to eleven, and then broke it off, and then burned the amplifier, and then shot the president. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Wow. We just recently rewatched it when John and Casey were up, and both John and Casey were just like jaws on the floor the whole time. Like that's the choice. That's the choice. Brave choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, continue. <laughs> Our second nomination is the undead voguing Yakuza goon massacre in Versus. You got that all right. You nailed okay. it. Yeah. That, that is, we'll be watching that I'm film later today. I'm very confused. We will. We will. Uh, that is precisely what happens. It's okay. it's amazing. There's a guy who's like half frog, half human. They. I'm not joking. They I le- couldn't find that clip, but I got a wild clip anyway. Okay. But, yeah. They legit, the, the Yakuza in this movie... There's a bunch of zombies that pop up out of graves, and the Yakuza all have to shoot them dead or kill them with samurai swords. And they strike like weird. There's a guy who he will. I can't wait to see that. Dude, yes. he's, he'll like strike a pose and then shoot a zombie and he then strike like another pose, pose and pose shoot a zombie. Fashion, baby. 
The episode, listeners, go if you haven't heard the versus episode, you don't need to see the movie. Go listen to it. Because Max yells the plot at me for two and a half it's hours. It's just me screaming <sighs> the whole plot of verses at Carl's face. I'm like, and then what happens is a bunch of yakuzukus in it, and it's just that. It's that movie is fucking nuts. There's one more, I believe. All right, yes, the last one. Another Carl. You pick. has a guy cut his fucking arm off. <laughs> And then sew it onto Cloud's bloody fucking stump by lamplight. The okay. Storm Riders. I don't have a clip for this. That's it okay. Was a last minute it was, add-in. It was a last minute add-in, but you know what? There, you, I couldn't not. I couldn't not put it on the card, dude. I I remembered it suddenly while I was writing out the envelopes. I went. Give and, me the evil arm, dude. I went and rewatched the scene, and it's the fire monkey arm. He's yeah. like. I have had this. No, you heard that right. The fire monkey it's arm. The fire monkey the arm. The fire monkey arm. He go. He's he's like looking at this dude who's had his arm recently ripped off of his body. So he's just got like a bloody nubbin. And he this this other guy, this like monk who's in the hills, looks down at the bloody nubbin guy and goes, "My arm, since he's shown up, has been itching. The fire monkey arm has found its true master." No. So he holds his oh. arm out. Oh yes. Oh yes, Katie Clark. He holds his arm out, and a dude takes a big, superheated fucking meat cleaver and just meat cleaver. He doesn't like. Okay, let's see. How much nubbin does he have? How much arm do you have? Let's make this symmetrical. No, no, no. <laughs> he just grabs a big ass meat cleaver and he's like, "Which arm is it? The left one. We got that." Bajoom! <laughs> Chops that dude's arm off. That guy hits the deck from blood loss. And then his assistants all take like his raggedly chopped off fucking fire monkey arm, and they're like. Put that on there. You know, good. we should have probably done this during the day because it is dark out. Can Anybody got light, a lamp? Can someone light a single oil lamp and we'll Perfect. just try and... Yeah, there we go. We'll sew this on to this other This is more light guy. than I'm used to. Yeah, it's like gangrene the movie for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And it is fucking wild. Do not watch. So those are our three nominations. We do have clips for we two of them. We have clips for two of them. Let's watch some people get out of the cage and go to 11. And our winner for this one goes to eleven award is Nicolas Cage for all of Vampire's Kiss. Okay, just the sheer well done. yeah, well done. Just the sheer fact of that. Do you, listeners, go and listen to the Vampire's Kiss episode. I think we talk about every single thing that Nicolas Cage does in the film, which is oh my god, outstanding. He's amazing. Intense. He's incredible. Uh, all right, so let's get serious. Let's hit a, a, a an Academy category. Something really. Something heady. Yeah, we've been perfect. we've been getting goofy. Danielle, what are we talking about next? The least Shelley Duvall. Yes. <laughs> this <Perfect. one. laughs> so this this is now an evergreen category that came oh, about God. from a movie called Blood and Concrete, where um, it's actually one of our nominations. Spoilers for this year. Um, looks a not lot Blood and like, Concrete, but or whatever. Uh, sh- um, she looks just like Shelley Duvall. So we have a category where the person that looks the most like Shelley Duvall without being Shelley mm, Duvall okay. gets the award for the least Shelley Duvall. It's a little confusing because it's, it's, it's the it's least, fine. but it's the most. Yes. yes. I'm good. Uh, oh, because good. they are okay. the least Shelley Duvall in that they're the most like her without actually being her. What if it was Shelley Duvall in like full prosthetics? Doesn't count. Doesn't count because nope, it's still it Shelley Duvall. Nope, it is Shelley Duvall. Duvall. It, has to be, it has to be as close as possible to looking like Shelley Duvall, but is not. What if it was a clone? Okay, now we're well, getting into... Now, now we're getting You know hmm. what? In that case... I would... I'm no, still, I'm, we, Carl and I would need to the take... The DNA a, would be correct still. We would... You know what? If Okay, I'll say this on the show, and Carl, <laughs> you're going to have to back me up on this. If... If Shelley Duvall is ever cloned, 
Carl and I will get a four-year degree in philosophy and then make a decision no, we'll on whether or not the clone counts as Shelley Duvall. Yeah, uh, um, we have clips, but they're kind of shitty, so we're gonna skip those and just go read them off. Skip the clips and just yep. read them off. Okay, well then, in that case, let's talk about some of the noms as we All go right. to just give some people some stuff to think about. Rock and roll. All right, we have Jennifer Beals in Vampire's Kiss, which we did just see a clip. We saw her, in and the... that I believe is Jennifer Beals' second nomination. She was last year's winner for least and Shelley Duvall. And the Duvall. reason we have the category, yeah, uh, actually Jennifer Beals was the first person we thought. The reason we have this category is we watched Blood and Concrete, and we thought Shelley Duvall was in it until the credits, and then it was like Jennifer Beals, and we're like. What? Who the fuck is Jennifer Beals? And we're like, oh, it's not Shelley Duvall. <laughs> I mean, go listen to the episode. That's where Two Ply is born. Like, yeah. There's, yeah, dude. Jennifer Beals is, we owe her a lot. We have Sandal Bergman in Red Sonia. Okay, so Sandal Bergman in Conan the Barbarian she does knows. not look that much like Shelley Duvall. Then she dyes her hair black in Red Sonia and Carl and I, we, we, what we do is we pull up, <laughs> there's one particular picture of Shelley Duvall we use every year. We throw it up, <laughs> and then yeah. we find stills from the other episodes, and we compare. And Sandal Bergman looks very, very much like Shelley Duvall. It's kind of startling, actually, <laughs> which is my favorite part about this category, is how much how much people, people actually look, like, look Shelley like Shelley Duvall. And we have Paola Natale in The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. I couldn't find any clips of this shit, so... Yeah, and The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave is an extremely obscure film. You still need to watch my cut, which is garbage. You watched right. a pristine I cut. I watched an incredible cut of that movie. Yeah, Carl sat down. Beautiful. And I was like, what'd you think? He was like, it was a masterpiece. And I'm like, okay, look, I love this movie. And <laughs> I'll tell you, you might right be now, it's not... Breaks, brother. I'm like, no, man. Dude, mine has tracking issues where legitimately you can see... Like, you know how, um, like old movies the frames used to like move out of frame oh, sure, and you'd be sure. seeing two frames at the same time my dvd copy does that it has a tracking mm. issue and there's the like DVD. my my copy has weird random cuts to trees in the middle of dialogue carl's cut did not have that so no, oh. i still yeah. firmly believe that my cut is the version superior to <laughs> well carl's version is how you probably should watch it my version is how you should, you should watch, watch it <laughs> And we have Eliza Dushku in True Lies, who is like, she okay. looks, 12, like, a, she looks like a young Shelley Duvall. I was very surprised by this because when you nominated Eliza Dushku in oh. True Lies, I was like, absolutely. Because I know Eliza Dushku. I'm like, fucking, I don't know her personally. Right, no, you but know the, yeah, her work. <laughs> I called her up and I was like, you're never going to believe what my friend <laughs> Kyle said about you. But no, it was the craziest thing because it's like a 13 year old girl. But when you pull her picture up next to our, our photo of Shelley Duvall, she looks a lot like her. I'd, Surprisingly so. Yeah, it's the similarities are, are almost eerie. Uh, Danielle, who is our least Shelley Duvall this year? No, I, don't, I didn't have clips for two of them, and the other ones are kind of shitty. So hold on, hold on, vote. This is more like a gut feeling sort of vote. Yeah, no, we'll give it a few. Oh. Everyone is voting at home. Okay, yeah, uh, let's, oh, you know what? This will be a fun moment to tell people what happens when you come and watch the Quillen Filmies live. Yeah, We passed out ballots at the beginning of the show. And because these people are all our patrons and give us money, we trust them and use the honor system. So as we're going through the categories, they're all <laughs> they're all voting on the categories. They're all going to all be right. I'm positive. At I'm the pretty end of sure, this. yeah. But whoever gets the most nominations correct at the end of the Quill and Filmies wins. Drum roll. A warm 12-pack of Pabst Six. Blue It's Ribbon. a six-pack. It's a six-pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Even more pathetic. No, this yeah. year's... No, no. Even better. You you want it to be sad. It was a 12-pack, but Carl and I, we were a little nervous before the show. Right. So, no, it's a warm six-pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon, and Carl's 
Korean bootleg of Eraserhead signed yeah, by the two of us. <laughs> what if there's a tie? If there's a tie, you split it, it and then you have parenting nope. time with the Eraserhead DVD. I love if it. if love there, it. I think if there's a tie, we should flip a coin and the loser gets tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> Does everyone have their? Has or, everyone or the voted? Person, or the per- person who wins is looks the least most like Shelley Duvall. What? Huh? All right, let's go ahead and see the winner. <laughs> Danielle, I don't know if I'm ready for you right now. Coming at us all weird. That was a David Lynch moment. Yeah. I was like, my brain shut the fuck off just now. I, who was our? The least Shelley Duvall is Jennifer Beals in Vampire's Kiss. Second win, second nom. There's no way we couldn't let her win. We, we have to have a movie without Jennifer Beals in it uh, this year so that we can have somebody Truly. else win. Because she looks I, just like fucking yeah, Shelley Carl Duvall. and I felt really bad about it, but they're like twin sisters. It's Twinsies. unrealistic. Totes. It's unbelievable how much they Twinsies. look like each other. Uh, Am I thinking of the wrong actress? Probably. Isn't she in The Shining? No. Yeah, that, yeah, that's Shelley yeah. yeah, they look nothing alike. No, you <laughs> now you see, you say that, but when you put pictures of the two of them up on my laptop with Pornhub okay. running in the background, <laughs> oh, they look just, they look the, same. just okay. the same. All right, perfect. All right, we are on to my. This is actually my probably my favorite category. Oh, oh yes, I love this. I love this award. The dull dullness for Dullard's award for most <laughs> boringest movie. It's one of our first reviews on iTunes. Yeah. Was um, it was captioned "Dull dullness for the Dullards." Yep, one star review. Dull dullness for Dullards, and then like there was a review was which was also very also clever. Alliteration. Was alliteration, yeah. It was like stupid stupidness for stupid people or something. <laughs> something. <laughs> um, so Carl and I looked at that and we were like, "Wow, that hurts our feelings. Let's make it a quilling film." <laughs> <laughs> so look um the reason this category exists is entirely 100 percent because of the bling ring right yes oh yeah Ouch. sophia coppola created this oh. yeah. yeah that was boring which fuck which by the I way i would rather watch cat shit turn white over the course that of the three days does? <laughs> and then eat it at no the- <laughs> don't eat it no no Let's just watch and it. Watch the bling ring. All right, who are our nominees for boringest move? Boringest movie, The Phantom of the Opera, nineteen forty-three. Sorry, okay. Sarah. I, Sorry, you, I'm looking I over. I liked that one. Oh wow, we have a couple people who disagree. It's okay. It was super boring. Here's wait. The reason that it was boring. I'm not saying it wasn't a good movie. I'm just saying it wasn't a good movie, and here's why. <laughs> um. There's a, <laughs> there's about forty. It's about I think the movie's what an hour and fifteen. Yeah. And there's about an hour and fourteen minutes of opera and about one minute of the Phantom of. And. In it. And, and what? What are you talking about? It's all opera. And. Okay, Claude Rains is in it. Yes, all good things. I don't see. I fail to see how this is a bad movie. Luckily. Because uh, it's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. No. Bird. What else? It's the, it's the worst Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Controversy the, at the Quillen film. Right? Did you see Ooh. the new one though? We're gonna go viral yes. with this, dude. We're gonna get just a bunch of fucking hate on iTunes. Perfect. One star. Didn't like Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> 1943. How oh, Claude Rains is God. I'm be like, oh, Claude Rains is Rod. We got a lot of good bits out of it, but only because it sucked. Continue. <laughs> Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Okay, look, these movies are fine until four. Then they start to really. Slow down. Chug butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not real good after that they point. They turn into total butt chuggers. Yeah. By the end. Four and five are just boofing hard. It's not good. <laughs> uh, bird? Uh, the terror. 
Carl, I hated you for nominating this. Why? You're, it's really boring. Look, you're right. You're 100% right. However, something about a movie that is cut as poorly as The Terror is with performances as flat as they are in The Terror. Jack Nicholson feels like he just woke up from a long nap through this whole movie. I know. I know. forgot who he was. I'm aware. I'm fully aware <laughs> and that it's... eaten for two days. I know it's bad and boring, and but... it had the, to poop real bad. The man points a gun at his own face. Not, Not on purpose. No, no, it's just how he holds it. I just remembered what movie it was. He holds his gun like... Okay, look. An asshole. But it's so... <laughs> th- th- this movie exists in my headspace in the same space as like Tommy Wiseau's The Room or Manos, The Hands of Fate. Mm. It is it is so shitty that it's almost amazing. It's a get high on a Saturday. Kind of, yeah. Actually, yeah. I've, I'm learning slowly that most movies are a get high and watch this movie movie. <laughs> Life is sort of like, you like learn, that way. You, thank you, David <laughs> Rowney. David's got my back. Okay, uh, Bird. An easy rider. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Yeah, Chris Ooh. Chris Fieldhouse. This was amazing. We sat it down. It was such an interesting, yeah. We sat down with Sit. a friend of ours, a Brit, uh, which is was a good decision, I think, mm-hmm. because we, part of us had, con- you look, Carl, you and I, we're intelligent people, but we're as susceptible, we're idiots, but we're as susceptible as the rest of us to like, yeah, it's Jimi Hendrix and motorcycles, it must be great. But then we watched it with Chris Fieldhouse, and watching the movie, there was this great like 15 minutes in the beginning where we're all chatting and laughing and having a great time and then the rest of the movie was this like sullen silence because it really sucks hard you think Easy Rider is amazing until you watch it again as an adult and then it fucking blows it's a bad movie it's boring. Boring. The wow. sound, the, the, There's a reason why these these are the nominations. Yes. The nominees well, for this, this is a, this is one of our negative Nancy categories. But like, it's a poo poo. It was poo, never poo, gonna poo. feel great. Well, no. I'll, I'll be real. The soundtrack in Easy Rider, it's it's unimpeachable. The soundtrack is amazing, but the movie itself is just garbage. So let's watch the trailers. And our winner for the Dull Dullness Award is The Terror. God yeah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm so mad at you both. You know, uh, we had this is probably the second longest conversation this about. was this was hard um season one, which is weird because this year we specifically watched a bunch of junk. Yeah, but this was intentionally ho- this. Yeah, th- this is the year that we watched the voyage of the Viking women to the waters of the great sea serpent or whatever it's called. The, You're pretty goddamn close. It's long. It's like a 29 word title. Another Roger Corman flick. Mm-hmm. We, we watched a lot of bad movies on purpose this year. And most of the really <laughs> bad ones were very entertaining. The ones that tried to be something more than shit ended up being shit. True. Um, and you know, like I will, ad- I, because you and I picked the, pick these, I agreed to the terror part of me still, I feel a little twinge. I can't, I can't let this category Sometimes pass. Sometimes twinginess is okay. It's true. You know, I saw a your, little, it's a little twin. I, is fine. I see what you see, but I've got the nostalgia factor. I've got, I love doddering Boris Alzheimer's Boris Karloff, one foot in the grave Boris Karloff died before the movie was done. So editing was really tricky. Boris Karloff. I love <laughs> But I kind of dig it. But I, I saw what you saw, and the terror was our, it's our pick. most boringest movie. Danielle? Guys, we have sexiest cigarettes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, this category just speaks em. for itself. So this, smoke so I quit smoking cigarettes three years ago, and um, this now, th- so anytime I see somebody light up a cigarette, occasionally 
it makes me want to smoke one, especially if it's super sexy. So that's where this category came from. It's this this the cigarette that makes Carl want to smoke the most. This was, was a, it John McClain and Die Hard. John McClain Die John Hard McClane is why I started smoking. Well, no, that, that was that our winner. That is why Carl started smoking uh, cigarettes in the first place. Was the, John McClain and Die Hard, and that was our winner for the 2019 Quillen Filmies. True. Was John McClain Die Hard? Um, we also had uh, Michael Fassbender smoking a page out of the Bible. Yep. In hunger, like yeah, so. Ooh. Yeah, dude, it was. So we got some good I ones this year. We We have some of my favorite sexy cigarettes of all time this year. Danielle, Ooh. who were the who was chief in the sexiest smoke? Writer Tom Harris lights the oh house on fire in "I Eat Your Skin." Bird, you've reacted viscerally to that nomination. Do you want to talk about writer Tom Harris lighting the house on fire with his smoke, or can you not? She cannot. It's such a it's dumb good. fucking a dumb, scene. Yeah. No, it, you're wrong. It's an exceptional scene, an exceptional you're film. It's, All a, right. it's a hot cigarette. It's a we have this much film. We only have so much 8mm to run, so we can't do it again. There's a scene in this fucking awful, excellent movie oh called I Eat Your Skin. Where dog shit. Right, you're stupid for saying that. Wow. <laughs> oh, whoa, man. So there's there's a moment where writer Tom Harris is he takes he gets a cigarette in his this. mouth. We have a clip of it. Not okay. this one, probably but, not. So he's got a cigarette in his mouth. He lights it. He takes one drag. It's one of those movie drags. You know, he's like, gets it all the way in. And he's like, fuck this cigarette. And he <laughs> He legit just drops it on the floor. And smoke starts coming up behind him. They start to, he and the woman in the scene start talking to each other, and you see the carpet catch on fire in the scene because he just dropped a smoke on a rug. So the carpet catches on fire, and they pretend like it's not happening. Because they they only have one can of film left. And they don't cut. You just see like smoke start to drizzle, like, and there's a, it's like right on the one I have is a very sexy cigarette, too. So (laughs) it is, but I, dude, the fact that writer Tom Harris lights the set on fire and no one calls cut, I'm just like, that might be the most epic cigarette. Why did he carry it around? Why did he, like, I don't need this anymore. Back in the day, we could just chuck a cigarette on the ground. Yeah, it's like, just lit. Houses. Why? No, no, different no. Back then. Yeah, this this was before George Bush was president, so houses cost fifty bucks. So you could just burn one to the ground uh, accidentally, and then just buy a new one. Danielle, what's our next thing? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. Everything about Elizabeth Shue. I couldn't find a smoking clip, but I have a fun one. Is okay. it just a clip of Elizabeth Shue? Is Shue's it her pouring tequila down her body again? Yeah, can we watch her boobs again? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa's Cherut. Okay, look. In Road to Paloma. Carl. Okay. Not not technically a cigarette. Don't give a fuck. No, it's tobacco. He's yep. getting cancer from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can count it in the category. There's it's weird watching that scene. I'm getting excited right now thinking about it. My nipples got hard thinking about Jason Momoa lighting <laughs> this like rugged ass cheroot. Fixes his hair. It's not so much that I'm hard as it is that <laughs> blood left my brain for parts elsewhere just now. Thinking Suddenly. about... Ja- no, yeah. I, have, I have a boner. A full boner? Yeah. Okay, well, shake my hand then. <laughs> Danielle, do we have any more? Yes. The invisible cigarette and the invisible man. Ju- honestly... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Honestly, it, it's just an impressive effect. They legit they have a cigarette floating in midair and a lighter with no it hand on it. Matches. It's we'll see the clip in a second, but 
God damn, for 19, whatever, what was this movie made? Like 1776? 19, yeah. <laughs> it's Founding an impressive. 1804. I it think is an it impressive is. goddamn effect for any time period, let alone. I think this movie is honestly made in the 30s. No, it's 30s. I think like Wizard of Oz here. <laughs> it's really, really cool looking. So let's watch a bunch of people giving Smoking themselves cigarette. cancer. the sexiest cigarette is Jason Momoa's Chirrut in Road to Palooza. It Kalua. couldn't. I mean, duh. How, hot. Look, there's not many movie scenes that give you a full multiple orgasm. That's one of them. Yeah. That's why it won. Exactly. Oh. What's next, Bird? Yeah, what actually, what no, what number is this award? What number? 16. 16? Okay, a little premature. This is about the point in the 2020 Quillen Filmies where I got too drunk to drive. Yeah, that's right. And whoa, <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> Best Patreon flick. Yes. This oh dude. Carl, last year's Patreon was it was awesome. We did we had so many We dumped like was it ninety one episodes in December? Yeah. We did all the Lethal Phew. Weapons, all the diehards, all the Exorcists, we did the Black Christmas remake. It was a killer year for Patreon. We had this some amazing year, special guests on, some full episodes that I wasn't a part of. And there was there was the there's one one of our nominations Carl was not on but you did watch the movie yeah and that's why it got nominated is we were just sitting there like holy shit yeah just it was that was pretty much oh, how shell the, shocked the, yeah, yeah that was how, that was how this conversation went we were, it was just us being like oh what about uh, what about oh my god remember all of the Patreon flicks from this year were incredible give them to us bird Mandy <sighs> Mandy <laughs> fucking man. I'm, I'm, You're starting to do the Connor Sweeney man. The Connor, Mandy. the Connor Sweeney man. Oh man. <laughs> uh, uh, Panos Cosmatos' yeah. second film. Okay. Shit's a wild fucking he ride, did, man. When when I found out that he was also the director of Beyond the Black Rainbow, Mandy made more sense to me. And then it made zero sense when you find out that Panos Cosmatos' dad directed Tombstone. Insane. The director of Tombstone's son directed Mandy. You're like, oh, fuck. You know, if you've never done a drug in your life, Mandy makes you realize what doing acid would probably feel like. If you've never smoked weed, listener, and you're like, you know, I happen to have this joint in my hand. Pause our podcast. Go rent Mandy. Smoke the whole joint. I don't all recommend at once. this at all. <laughs> I no. Do. Oh fuck. I'm gonna. Yeah. Thank you, Bird. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that Bird and I are right, and Carl. Carl's just afraid. I'm scared. <laughs> Dude, I'm just a scared. If you've never been, it's a rough ride. It is. If, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, or otherwise. There's a couple intense moments, but that's what you want out of weed is existential horror that has you gripping your couch. <laughs> Kind of weed are you smoking, bro? Bro, that's how I do weed. I'm not. I'm not high enough until I'm terrified of everything around me. That's what I. That's what I'm aiming for most of the time. Yeah. So Mandy's pretty rocking. Continue. The second is The Shape of Water. God damn, they're so good, Carl. I know. Shape of Water was an incredible movie. Shape of Water is very good. You haven't seen it. Well, I saw I saw a lot of it. <laughs> okay, look, I saw a lot of it. If when Dan, you were getting ready. if Danielle saw twenty seconds of that movie, she knows how good that movie is Fair because enough. every yes, frame of that movie you, is masterpiece. Thank you, Max. It's a damn good flick. Don't Actually, one of our patrons yeah. who is currently not here, one of our patrons. Uh, we had an interesting discussion about whether or not that movie is actually good on Patreon, and I'd like to think that I buried John Shibe in a <laughs> <laughs> in a mountain of logic and reason because he's just crazy for saying He doesn't saying know that. how to watch movies. Yeah, he's wrong. He's wrong all the time. Actually, John Shibe, shout out directly to the camera. Uh, fucking Swiss Army Man, you were correct. I was wrong. That movie's fucking awesome. Bird? 
our next <laughs> third nomination is 1978's Halloween. Okay. Oh man. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I keep forgetting it's a, a Patreon episode because we're doing it for the When Harry Met Michael series. Yeah, when we did, it was weird, dude. I was going through our Patreon flicks to get my noms, and I realized we didn't cover that on main season. Yeah, it feels like a main season episode because it's the first of a series. Right. But I forgot that When Harry Met Michael and is it's such a hallmark movie. Patreon only. Yeah, we did Exorcist, and then we jumped over to Patreon. But no, Halloween got its start in Patreon, and. Dude, you can't, you cannot deny it. 78 Halloween. It's a, I think it's a perfect horror film. I honestly do. Finally, both 1997 and 2007's Funny Games. This is an incredible one because Max watched the original version 97. of the 97 version. Not yet. I have clips. And <laughs> I watched the remake, which is a shot for shot remake. So our episode... Is us talking about the same movie, but talking about a different movie because it's the same movie. Thank you. It's a shot for shot remake, and we'll see. I try to cut it together did you, did you a little got bit. Both of them. I did. I try to do a little bit of splicing together. Okay, so. we. So that was part of our Patreon series for uh, the fifty most disturbing films of all time. Uh, we did that one, and dude, we did uh, Funny Games, Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> the last I Spit on Your Grave movie, and do you remember uh, Ichi the Killer? Ichi the Killer. Fuck. Of all of those, Funny Games was, dude. This movie was heavy. I remember, t- I remember trying to talk about this movie, um, and we were talking. We realized pretty early on in the episode, Carl, that you were talking about the 2007. Oh, wait, this is the flick. Yeah, best best Patreon flick. Uh, yeah, it's best Patreon episode. That's the one. So we were as we were talking. I realized I sometimes I was talking about ninety seven and you were talking about two thousand seven. But the two are so similar that it honestly didn't matter. Didn't matter. The at all. performances are the same beats. It's the, the dog walks the same path in both movies. Yeah, it, it, you sniffs the same part of the couch. Listener, eats the fucking food out of his bowl at the same time. If you're it's one insane. of if you're one of our listeners who has like a, a stomach for pretty hardcore films. I highly recommend either. Funny, Funny games, games blames you the whole time for watching it too, which it's is like, incredible. It's like a coda to Straw Dogs, dude. It's very intense. Absolutely amazing. Um, so we have clips of all of these, I believe. Let's watch uh, some of the flicks, some of the, the flicks that you can find over on www.patreon.com slash quill and film. And our winner for best Patreon flick is Mandy. I mean, it was Mandy. It was just always Mandy. gonna be Mandy. Mandy man. is incredible. It's terrifying. Oh. It's disturbing, and it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Mandy is so good that we did thank it. Thank you, Connor Sweeney. Thank you, mm-hmm. Connor Sweeney. Actually, thank you, Connor Sweeney. Just in general, mm-hmm. um, he did our Leaving Las Vegas episode as well. That's right. So he, he paid a very high price for making us watch. Yes, Mandy. he did. He had to watch Leaving Las Vegas oh my God. After. and then talk about it for two and a half hours. Uh, I think it was like five and a half hours. Oh, dang. Uh, no, Mandy is so good that we did it as a Patreon episode, and Carl and I immediately decided to put it into the uh official like main season in season three or season four so that it can get its it due in the quillen film bringing it back mandy's damn good what we got up next danielle what are we we have favorite episode our favorite episode our favorite episode and it's main season episodes only mm-hmm. This one we don't have footage for anyway because it's just our favorite episode yeah. of like it, our favorite conversation that we had. It's more in the about season. the podcast than the films that we were talking about. Exactly. Which is what it was in the first Quillen filmies where uh, I think three out of four of the nominations were bullshit garbage movies. Right, but the conversations <laughs> were Amazing. incredible. Yeah, yeah. 
So what do we have this year, Danielle? Season two, episode 42, Vampire's Kiss. For <laughs> obvious have, reasons. Yes. A, B, C, D, oh E, F, G. I mean, dude. How do you? But what I loved about the Vampire's Kiss episode is it started as, wow, Nicolas Cage is fucking weird. He's so to 11. And then by the end, we were talking about how Vampire's Kiss was two movies in one, Mm -hmm. where it's either a hilarious, rompy, late 80s, early 90s comedy, or it is a soul-scouring, harrowing look at a man descending into mental illness. And it is both of those things. And it works. Yep. For both, it works both ways. It's we, incredible. We started the episode by being like, Vampire's <laughs> Kiss is goofy. Yeah. And by the end, we were like, I'm not sure if this is a masterpiece. Bird was or in not. on that episode, mm-hmm, too. I was. Yeah, yeah, you sat in on that. That was, you, by the end of that, we're like, holy shit, is this movie a masterpiece? It's crazy. <laughs> the answer's no, but there's a, lot, a, there's a lot more things it's not, happening. It's then. not, but if you watch this movie like like we do for the show, you end up like really appreciating some of the choices that he's making. They're, they're extreme choices, but. Damn. Just like with Drive Angry, I watched a small part of this movie and I did a slow turn to Carl like, what the fuck? Carl, fuck you, you brought Drive Angry, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, I there it. is an option for the patrons. Oh, if, man. If anyone wants to like... Oh, man. Riot. Cut one of the flicks that we've not... We've and you're already... driving... I brought it just in case the patrons want to call yeah. it audible. I kind of want to see. I kind of want. I mean, honestly, to be honest, I want to see how fucked up everyone is in about half an hour. That'll determine whether Drive Angry goes in or Fair not. Because that movie is. We're not. R- now nah, we're way under time. We yes. did two and a no, half hours funny. last year. So okay. We got people in the room. Okay. As well. So we have uh, except see- for us. Oh, Carl, you got to do it like nobody's watching. I know. Season two, like episode thirty. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> aim for the feet. I don't know. That's even worse. What are you saying? <laughs> aim for the feet. Listeners, you heard it here first. <laughs> Dan, y'all speed of your feet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm not there. Nope. <laughs> so, not Bird, there. Uh, next time we're in the shower, Carl gave me these great, these <laughs> great, great like, tips. tips. Apparently, when you're peeing in the shower, you aim for the feet. So that'll take care of any Hooray. like athlete's foot you got, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, Danielle. I, I just couldn't not, dude. Danielle, what's up? Oh, man. Season two, episode 30, The House by the Cemetery. Okay. This oh. is the one that I almost threw up on microphone. You and Gabe. And Gabe. <sighs> this is... This Daddy, I don't know if I like that movie. Was I on oh. that one? Oh, Daddy, that, that movie was really... Was that a pudding? <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. a pudding. is a gut pudding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where that one. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, don't throw up. It felt, I haven't had beans in three months. It felt, <laughs> somehow I felt a bean come up. There was, and it was, it was, was it a bit, ba- was it one of the Heinz baked beans? I'm sorry. Do, He's going to throw up. Stop. Let's not gross him out. Let's not gross him out. Continue. Yeah. Season two, episode 21, Versus. Which was just me screaming, screaming the plot the of Versus at Carl for incredible. two hours. <laughs> Which you also watched it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was just too good. I had to I had to literally tell him everything I'd seen. <laughs> Which he had seen as well. <laughs> I I was not capable of more than that. I was like, and then, and then, and th- for two hours. That's like the like whole. It was incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. And season two, episode 16, The Pink Angels. Which was, oh. okay, for a movie as like, 
kind of schlocky is that the fact that we managed to get like a deep nuanced discussion going of the pink angels it's 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 what i love about this show Mm -hmm. sometimes we watch a movie that was made in 1971 for ten thousand dollars on a back lot in like San Bernardino or whatever, you know, <laughs> like we, it's a small town. Sometimes we watch. <laughs> it's like a Bakersfield kind of mo- like we watch. Sometimes we watch movies that are you can tell they were slapped together, and they were written in a weekend, and they were shot for no money, kind of just to run in like grindhouse yep. style theaters as like part of a triple bill. And every once in a while, we hit a movie like that. Bloody Mama's one of them. Pink Angels is one of them. Definitely, where the movie is. So much better in in 2019 and 2020. Like right now, it's we when we did these, when we did this episode, it was 2019. Watching Pink Angels in 2019, I think it's 1971. It is so much better than it should be. It um, it aged better than it than yeah, it does not yeah. deserved to necessarily, but it aged well. Especially, it was like it was like Caged Heat all over again. A movie that campy and that budge, coming out that great, like. 50 years or 40 years later it was amazing and the conversation that we had i was thinking about pink angels for like two months after we did that episode it was it was amazing uh we don't have clips for these no danielle the winner happens to be pink angels for exactly that reason pink angels we didn't get people a chance to vote we didn't that's all right well y'all get pink angels as a freebie everyone gets a freebie pink (laughs) angels freebie all right I don't know that we're gonna do clips for the rest of these because the thing is acting weird. Gotcha. So. Okay, so we'll give every we'll we'll vamp on the last one and give everyone a chance to vote. But when we're ready to roll, you better be ready to roll. Uh, Bird, what is our next category? The two ply award for outstanding shit. <laughs> so the two ply award is genuinely bad movies. The only well, reason there are, I don't know if it's gonna work. The only reason that we. We made this category was because we watched The Bling Ring. We did a Sofia Coppola month. I think last Wait, year. So that film inspired two different. It did. It, was also... uh, it did. It was Dull Dullness uh-huh. and it was the two ply award for outstanding shit. But then Carl and I, the next category we decided to do because there were also movies that were super bad, but that's what made them good. Right. So we made so two bad different categories. Yeah. Category. Oh, right. so that's what that's this is. The no, no, no. The two no. ply is genuinely shitty shit movies. Movie. Okay. That this are is bad. like yeah. This I'm is the you. bling ring now, category. Weirdly enough, because we did a drive-ins, <laughs> diners, and dives season. A lot of the movies that are nominated in here, I actually have, and I think Carl, you'll agree with me. A lot of the nominations this for this category, we also have kind of a soft spot for, but we agree that they are objectively bad movies. So what are I our thought there'd be more on here. We were surprised. <laughs> yeah, like you'll notice that the the voyage of the Viking women's tax consultants automobile to the great waters of the ancient sea serpents nephew's cousin is not on this list. That movie because it was I in- do see that it's not Dude, that movie is like rat shit. They did some. On, of, they oh, did some of, some of the special effects in the AD's bathtub. For Christ's sake, like the, the sea serpent at the end of that movie is rah, not rah. joking. Not not hyperbole. Rah, it is legitimately rah. a sock puppet. You can see a sock on a dude's hand, and that's the sea serpent. And you know what? Oof, Carl and I that. could not nominate I it because we both too. we all loved it. It was so good. All right. So what are our actual nominations? The first nomination is The Indestructible Man. Okay, look. Lon Chaney Jr. throws a rag doll down a flight of stairs, and it's one of the best moments in any movie ever. But the rest of the movie is so bad that we it's fucking dog shit. Second nomination is The Terror. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. This this kind of talked about it. It low key yeah. hurts for me a little bit, but I I, <laughs> I can see I can see the pain in your eyes just a little bit, but well, I Carl, appreciate the gimme on look, it. We we no, it's not even a gimme. We discussed we did. and I see what you see. The third nomination is Teenage Caveman. Okay. Yeah, we gotta talk. Oh, okay. We gotta talk a little bit <laughs> about Teenage Caveman. I did not like Teenage Caveman. I don't think I saw Superman Three's Robert Vaughn. In teenage, <laughs> teenage Caveman had a bunch of like not teenagers playing teenagers. No, forty-seven-year-old teenagers. Yeah, the forty-seven-year-old yeah, teenagers that were from New York and talking like this they, the whole and time. And they had the nice, the nice beatnik haircut. Dude, there's, there's a lot of like heavy Boston, New Jersey accents yeah. in there. They're like, "Hey, buddy, I got it." They like, if we lighten the fire, we gotta go fucking hunt these. Fucking, I gotta go uh, read these paid cave paintings. Oh my god, here. look, it's a fucking Komodo dragon. What the fuck? Like, they also, I think they hired a lot of random extras. <laughs> there's a lot of dudes who are like, there's, it's like everyone's in loincloths, and if you look at the extras, like half of them are in like jeans. You know, it's what is happening over here. We're looking at, we're te- looking at teenage, teenage caveman. That's incredible. None of these are teenage caveman. Um, so teenage. The, the one, the thing for me that puts Teenage Caveman in the two ply award is right in the middle of it. There is some, there's pretty egregious animal cruelty. It's like stapling stegosaurus things onto like lizards to make them look like dinosaurs. Yeah, it's, there's some pretty <gasps> fucked up shit. It's bad. It's truly not, not, not okay. Yeah, it's not good. And it, there is like kind of a bird. fun to the movie until that moment. And that really deflates the balloon and it's hard to earn it back. And that's partly why this got the numb. Yeah, teenage. Are we ready for the reveal? Is there is there a third nom or no? No, it's just the three. It's just the three. Uh, Has everybody voted on the two ply award for outstanding shit? Okay, (laughs) and our. I I like the crunkle of the envelope. It sounds cool in my headphones. I like it. There it is. The winner is the terror. It's got we got two on this. The second win for most boring and most shitty. Oh my gosh, the twinkle in his eyes. No. I mean, watch him again. It's not. The, we, did, we did just mention the animal cruelty bit. Yeah, but yeah. Look, that's heavy and it brings you down, but the terror is a mess from top to bottom. It's just bad. It's only bad. Danielle, we're we're getting pretty close to done. No, so. right? Oh my god! I know. If you look at like the the, yeah, the listeners out, they're all like, "How many? Fuck!" It's like the real Oscars. <laughs> it kind of is. When you get down to like by about the last thirty, like Jesus fucking Christ. Well, yeah. There's that point <laughs> at three. It's like three o'clock in the morning, and they get to like best foreign feature film written by a man with one eye and blonde hair. The nominations are we have twenty this year. <laughs> right. Like there is a certain point where the Oscars are just like. Is Ricky Gervais gone? Did he go, did he <laughs> he go home? home? I guess I'm done watching this thing. The Oscars have been so long, they turned into the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. you're suddenly watching the Emmys. Uh, Danielle? We have the four-ply award for best worst flick. So Which, this is the movie that yes. is horrible, yes. but so fucking did bad Did we also that it's nominate good. the terror? Wait, hold no. no, we didn't. But I feel like maybe we should <laughs> have, because kinda, it lives in both dude, worlds in a should. weird sort of way. I I think about the like the hawk scene and the dummy scene and Jack Nicholson pointing a gun at his own face for Woman 20 melting? minutes. Yes, the woman. Can I get a high five for four ply and Carl yes. and oh, Danielle? I didn't we know watch high fiving for, but I'm look, we fine. watch a lot of shitty movies, and sometimes <laughs> we watch some great ones. And Danielle, what are the great shit movies that we watched this year? Versus. That movie is not well made, but it is a masterpiece. It's made in someone's <laughs> backyard, and it's incredible. This was this was shot on the camera that your dad filmed you riding your first bike on. Yes, oh. that, the exact one. His the name s- is still on it. Oh my god, this movie is. Over this the is top. Mr. Smith's VHS recorder. Is what it is. <laughs> 
the house by the cemetery. Also garbage, but mm. makes Carl wanna puke. <laughs> I'm gonna just... What I love about this movie really fast is it was shot in Italian and then overdubbed in English, but all of the voices that they picked for the I mean... actors sound nothing like what their faces look like. At all, especially the child. Dude, the is child. So strange. It's like this 10-year-old blonde boy. Bobby! Bobby! That is legitimately what that dude, that kid's voice sounds like. Oh, Daddy! Daddy, no, Daddy, no! And it has oh, the bat attack in it. It's fucking incredible. Oh my god, the bat attack. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I got a bat! That movie is the bat! It is the most thoroughly the enjoyable to myself, to myself <laughs> as it bleeds excessively. Tetanus the movie. Yes, Tetanus the movie. <laughs> I hope I don't get that. Hydrophobia. Pink Angels. Another movie uh, that sucked so bad that it became a masterpiece. Run away to a cotillion. <laughs> a lady's, lady's cotillion. cotillion. Dig me. I love that movie so much. I would watch it again right now. Like it's that's the measure of a great flick for me. Would I spin it again? The moment would I start, right now? Yeah, when you start talking about it, do you want to watch it? Mm-hmm. That's dude, that, that's a big thing. Is that the one where one of the bikers dies and they have like a really rowdy funeral in a church? And no, then that's no, his girlfriend gets raped by other bikers. No, okay, no. we, we didn't, I didn't like that one. Whatever no. it was, no, that was <laughs> this uh, one. They all get hung from a tree at the end, which is equally it's uh, yeah, it's not pleasant. any better ultimately. Right? But what was that one called? Uh, do you remember? I don't know. It was during Biker Month. It was. Biker Month. It was Road to Paloma, Easy Rider, Hellride, and Hellride the Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels. No, it's not Hell's Angels. It's the Wild Angels. Yeah, the that Wild was Angels. Rough. It's a good movie though. Yeah, Hell's the rough. Wild Angels oh. is really good. Another movie with like Bruce Dern one. in it. <clears throat> well, yeah, Danielle. It's, I didn't like that it's one. Not your kind of. Nope. Carl and I watch lots of shit that you really shouldn't. That's when I walked out. I'm like, mm-mm. I'm out. And was, the, the last one is I eat your skin. Writer Tom Harris. Writer Tom Harris. <laughs> the thing I love about I eat your skin is that perfect kind of. It's the flick that Mystery Science Theater three thousand loves. I think they to did it actually. Yes. I think they actually. I think did they did do I eat your skin. But this is that. This is that movie, and it's and watching them without. You can watch it without the robots. It's sad. And still enjoy it and it be is, able to It is really robot. sad. We talked about it during the episode. Writer Tom Harris is a person that as a young child, I started basing my life on. No, I get it. Yeah, I it's was incredible. Like, I'm going to wear short shorts and type at a typewriter outside with no shirt on. Like, that's the reason I do Guess that. Guess what he is does now, That's folks. what he does, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm weird, man, but I like, I like movies that are bad. <laughs> bad films. Uh, I love good bad movies too. Do you have the winner? I do have the winner. And the winner is? Do we? Does every, did everyone does vote? everyone vote it? I think everyone's playing along at the same time. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Now everyone's that they know everyone's the going live. The winner is the house by the cemetery. No, Dude, no. You, it's undeniable. The gore is so good. Bob's voice is so it puts, bad. Uh, somehow a, it, it just makes a can of, of Bush's baked beans Appear miraculously appear inside my you, stomach. You and I were arguing about this category until I brought up Anne cleaning blood in, on the floor in the morning. And mom oh, comes down. And she's like, hey, is that blood? And Anne's like, <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, it's blood. I made coffee, and the mom's like, oh, "All right, coffee. yeah, dude, that movie is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so bad. It's so good." Uh, Bert, I have best director. Now this we're getting. A, yeah, we're heading into our final. The last is it the final think, three? Yeah, I think so. Home stretch. The last three are all pretty solid. There's going to be one more at the end. We're going to reannounce the flick of the year. But yep. uh, okay, best so director. first up, we have Jason Momoa for Road to Paloma. That's one thing I we didn't. That. 
That's one yeah. thing we didn't mention. Jason Momoa wrote, wrote and directed, directed, and starred in. Road and you to can Paloma. say like he catches shit for that flick a lot because like oh is it just a, this Hollywood person making a passion project and sort of just jerking off all over the screen? Yeah. Dude, that was his. But I mean, it's tasty cum, so I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately have no response to that, so I guess next nominee. Facebook jail just happened, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we we just got banned for life is what. But you know what? If you guys made it this far with like three awards left, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. (laughs) Second uh, nomination is Bruce Robinson for With Nail and I. Again, David Rowney. Fucking thank, thank you, you dude. You damn, you gave us a good movie to watch. Uh, th- watching the we watched some of the behind the scenes features and w- watching him and the actors talk about the process of making that movie, it becomes only more impressive that it's as good as it is mm-hmm. because it seems like a pretty fraught set. Damn, is that a well executed film under fire too? It's a damn good movie. Third nomination is Jack Arnold for Creature from the Black Lagoon. We we have mm. poured praise on Creature from the yes. Black Lagoon. All right. Hayao Miyazaki for Princess Mononoke. Our first ever animated film. It is, which is crazy. They, and the last film of season two. Over hundred movies that we've done for the show. Yeah, yeah. Main and, season. It's like 106 now for main season movies 150 along. probably all told with Patreon. Yeah, including Patreon. We're, we're first animated flick. First animated and flick. Damn. Yeah, it was it was the Not it was queen. Bird's final pick of the final month of season two, and we just sat there during the episode, being like, "I have no, no more tears God. to cry." It was amazing. Yeah. There's like a there's a whole other set of things that go into making a film like an animated film yeah. like that. And did I did I Sorry. like that one or did no no? I think okay, she's ripping because okay. it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to make. It sounds cool. No, in my it, headphones, it's so. A, so now it's the question: it's whether whether what will win, cartoon or come. The- <laughs> You can just you just see the room go like God. We give money to these fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) They know what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, David Rowney's just upping his pledge every time. He's like, I love it when Carl talks about cum on them. Ooh, you need to drink some water. <laughs> I, I feel like you feel when you watch I when uh you oh, watch you House by the Cemetery. Of, beans uh, just I taste your... a bean that Isn't I never that I didn't eat. <laughs> or who won? Tell us who the This is what I love about ending with like serious categories is usually I'm too drunk to take them seriously. Okay, who won? Best director. Our winner is Hayao Miyazaki for Princess Mononoke. That movie is fucking incredible. Dude, it's it was the only two-parter, I think, for the last, like, six months of the mm-hmm. podcast for season two. I was We were trying to be good about staying short, but when we started talking about Princess Mononoke, there was... Game over. Yeah, yeah. there's no way to avoid it. All right, you've got the... Dan- you don't have to peak. You're Daniel- the next one. Okay, this is low-key one of my favorite <laughs> categories because there's two types of movies that we watch for the show. The flick and the pick. We watch we watch films and flicks. Yes. And there's... Those are different things. We, we just established this in season one. For those of you who haven't been listening or, or, or entering the world of measuring flicks for the first time, sometimes Carl and I watch. <laughs> <laughs> that Carl, bean is stuck in your throat. Yeah, it's something about like just chew, David Rowney saying no, chewy no, cum. No, no. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Anyway. 
there's but there's there's movies that we watch like The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Straw Dogs, The Searchers. These are clearly very clearly masterpieces. Mm-hmm. So we had to determine early on were we going to weigh them as were we were we trying to figure out what was the objective best film of the year or were we trying to pick our favorite film of the year? I we both agreed that favorite film was more compelling because that's how you get movies like Raising Arizona beating movies like The Searchers. Otherwise, it's boring because you watch The Searchers and you're like, well, guess it's what? It's The Searchers, movie obviously. Yeah. If it's The Godfather 2, it's going to be The, the Godfather part Right, two. like month one, March, we watch Godfather 2. Why listen? Because The Godfather 2 is clearly the flick of the year. You know, like our conversations are fun, but there's there's... But there's something fun about what movie was our favorite. But we wanted to. You have that's flick. Yeah, I have that, flick. That's why we end okay. with those two. Okay. Danielle is the the objective best movie that we watched this year, and Bird best is motion picture. Right, and Bird's category is you. the movie that we enjoyed the most. What movie would we watch again right now? What movie will we unequivocally recommend to anybody we see? That's the difference between these two categories. Absolutely. And I fucking love that we did it. I'm so proud of us. So, Danielle, film of the year. These are the Godfather 2s and the Searchers. These are the masterpieces that we watched this year. And I'm pretty sure, I think it might just be all the movies that David Rowney fucking recommended for us. It's You don't have flick of the year on yours because we already did it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is for best motion picture. Yeah, so this is this is it. This is the Academy Award Oscar category. So what are our nominations? With Nail and I. I'm shocked, honestly. Yeah, really? What? Who, who saw With that Nail and I. What the? It's so strange. I'm pretty sure these are, yeah. Let's, what's the next one? <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas. Another one just out of nowhere. It's like crazy. It's like it wasn't nominated for eight An Oscars. Academy <laughs> came out. Yeah. Princess Mononoke. Ooh, that was a. That was actually a surprise. Bird, Bird dropped that one on us at the very end, and damn, a bomb. Incredible. And this is England. Another David, David Rowney, Rowney pick. Uh, we were not ready for that. Not ready for it, and I'm glad that I was. It just it beat me over the head so fucking hard. It's a hard. That was a yep. hard movie to watch. Probably the hardest movie. That was the Straw Dogs, I think, of season two. That was the season two. Yeah, I'm a hunt. No, 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 no. I think Leaving Las Vegas was the Straw Dogs of season two. You disagree? Well, for me, because I watched it so many times, because it was that movie I, has changed. Listen I, to the episode. I brought right? a, yeah, I brought a lot to Leaving Las Vegas. So uh, Danielle. Our film of the year, our best, Mo- best motion, motion picture. picture. Our best motion picture is with Nail and I. Of oh fucking course it was, dude. Honestly, it, it was almost flick of the year, too. Yeah. Um, that was so close to being both. It was, yeah, it would be, it would, we didn't want to set a precedent was part of it, but also when we get to Bird's category, you'll see there's, yeah. there's another, but David, again, Thank on mic. I think it's like the 6,000th time I've said this, but damn, dude, thank you. For showing us that movie. Bird, take us home. Flick of the year. For the final four, we have Bloody Mama, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Samurai Reincarnation, and Princess Mononoke. Those are ones that you pick at the end of the quarter. Yeah, those were the shootout winners. winners. Those were the quarter winners for the year. And we also had... A Dark Horse, Road to Paloma. Which, yeah, Jason Momoa's biker yeah, flick. the floor on, on quarter one or quarter, quarter two. two. Yeah. So before we get any deeper into this, Carl, can we talk about our quarter winners really fast and then we'll get through? Sure. They all make sense to me, except for Samurai Reincarnation. I know, it's such a weird one, right? Because we didn't see it anywhere else. I think that when we watched it, we watched it towards the end of the quarter. Yeah. And it just took us both by such... 
it's such a weird fucking movie. Sonny Chiba is covered in tattooed sigils at the end of it, and it's and your, severed heads. Your version is like the the oh, bad version. So we watched yeah. like this junky cut of it, but it for whatever reason it had this like weird magnetic power. We voted for it, it won, and then we entirely forgot, forgot about it for the it. rest of the year. Wild, right? Yeah, because yeah. when we came back to it, we're like, hmm, oh, that won. Okay. So yeah, Samurai Reincarnation was a weird pick. Uh, Bloody Mama was our surprise winner from season mm-hmm. or from the first quarter yep. because of Shelley Winter's performance. Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of our masterpiece movies, and Bird. I'm just, the last movie that we watched for season two was our quarter four winner. Yeah, which it totally deserved to be. So, what was your first film of the year? Do you remember the first film we did this yeah. year was Planet of the Apes. Oh, and we did the our, our entire first year was, month was the whole month was Planet of the Apes, and, and then, then the Patreon was all, all the Planet remakes. of the Apes. It was we did we watched we were a, so fucking aped out by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, dude. By the, by the third <laughs> monkeys, the, man. Am I right? Because there's there's the original <laughs> apes. apes. I'm sorry. There's the original five, the Tim Burton remake, and three modern remakes starring what's is the guy's name? Andy, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. I was gonna say Andy Samberg. I'm like, <laughs> no, oh, no. no, not Andy Samberg. No, it was. It was <laughs> Okay. Oh my god, they would have been much more funny. Well, no, because no, remember we tried to throw in um, Steve, what's his nuts, in fucking. Oh, Steve Zahn. Yeah, we threw in Steve Zahn and it oh, just made it like horrible. crashed the movie. Mm-mm-mm. So we watched nine. Hey, I'm a monkey, a monkey in a sweater. Isn't that funny? A monkey wearing a. Hey guys, I'm not I'm doing, wearing a parka. I'm not doing anything different. <laughs> I'm, I'm still I'm Steve, Steve Zahn. Zahn. I'm, I'm Steve Zahn. And Steve... Isn't and it funny like... now? Because monkeys. <laughs> and then next. Hey, 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 I'm Steve Zahn. Next to him, Andy Circus is wringing like true grief out of his body. And you're like, oh my god, it's amazing. And then Steve Zahn walks in. And he's hey, like, hey, hey I guys. found this piece of pizza. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? So, yeah, we watched nine monkey movies to start with and kind of... (laughs) What do we have, Bird? Yeah. So our flick of the year, unsurprisingly, is Road to Paloma. Unsurprisingly? Unsurprisingly. That that was our dark horse. We slapped... We we, threw it on the floor originally. We threw that movie on the floor How many awards did it win, though? Two. It won won two. It was Best Cinematography and it was... Sexiest. Sexiest Cigarette cigarette. and Flick of the Year. So it won three. It's yep. a damn, dude, it was a damn good movie. We did it, guys. We did and it. And you all did it, too. Thank you for being here with Thank us live. Thank you, everyone. At the Frank Zappa Kappa. 2.0? Sister, no, sir, sister Sorority Studio. The no, this is, the, this is officially called The Nunnery because it's Sister Sarah's uh, place. Uh, so the measuring, fli- the, the, fil- the Quill and Filmies are recorded live at The Nunnery. Uh, dude, we we made it through twenty two categories, yeah. and only half of our audience <laughs> walked left, out right. in the course of the episode. We did good. Carl. I think that's all right. All right, listeners, thank you all so much for a phenomenal season for listening to us babble. Oh, uh, we'll do that off air. What are we doing? The ballots. Oh, the ballots. The ballots? Let's we'll, pause. we'll do the ballots off air. Do you want to announce the winner yeah. on this episode? Yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll la- pause it so we don't have to have dead air while I we like that. The- Listeners, uh, we're going to bop away for a quick second. When we get back, you're going to find out which Time of our travel. which of our audience members guessed. The, which of our audience members and I'm going to see if we're in Facebook jail. <laughs> which of our audience members is going home with six warm Paps Blue Ribbons? A weird Korean bootleg <laughs> of a racer head and possibly tetanus.
So, listeners, uh, the winner of the play along at home ballot was what? I don't know his last name. But I just know Joe, Rogers. Joe Rogers. Joe Rogers from Lansing, Michigan. This man, Joe, get on over here, Buckaroo. Get on, Mike. This this man has won himself six warm. Caps, blue ribbons, and a shitty Korean bootleg of a racer head signed by Carl and myself. Uh, Joe, that does look shitty. It yeah. is profoundly shitty. It's so shitty that when Carl watched my Criterion cut of a racer head, I cried. He cried. So, Joe, you're familiar with the Criterion collection. Do you want to? I am indeed. So, I Carl tells me that you sell move like movie memorabilia type stuff. Yes. You sell one sheet posters and you sell like press packages and things like yep. that. How long have you been doing this, man? Uh, officially since like 2013. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Twelve Gauge Gore is the name of my company. What is it? Twelve Gauge Gore. Twelve Gauge Gore is it? Yep. One two or the the spelled out? Yeah, one two. One like, two. Like Twelve Gauge. Okay, Twelve yep, yep. Gauge Gore is it? TwelveGaugeGore.com. Do you have a website? Uh, or is it? I've got store envy. I do enamel pins too, so you can find the enamel pins on uh, Twelve Gauge Gore at Trey, store envy, awesome. and uh, Facebook is the best place to find me. Awesome. Well, you played along and you guessed the most category of our bullshit categories. So, dude, congrats. Enjoy you, enjoy your hangover headache and your shitty Korean razor head. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. If you like what we do and you want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillinfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. Uh, you can get shout-outs on the show, full-length bonus episodes, and so much more. Uh, you can also drop us a line at measuring Flicks podcast at gmail.com it's been a phenomenal season we've already started dropping episodes for season three this is our tightest season yet it's gonna be fucking incredible thank you all so much for listening enjoy the rest of your day and watch something great today 